The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. Welcome, intermediate liners, to Australia's premier fly fishing podcast. It's Axe here from Freehand Flies in not-so-sunny South Australia. It's that time of the week again to throw that rod over your shoulder, crack open a VB and have some laughs with two of the coolest guys I know. Jeff, 6'6", Volta, and Christopher Chomo Adams. This episode of The Intermediate Line is brought to you by Manic Tackle Project, the only company who knows fly fishing as well as you do. And Beast Brushes, Australian-made brushes and dubbing, professionally graded natural materials, plus a full shop for all of your fly tying needs at beastbrushes.com. In. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's one of those things. It sometimes it's it comes on fast, sometimes it comes on slow. We've been getting some complaints from people that have um, stated that we probably should be editing a bit further on in the podcast. Volts, what are your thoughts? I mean, they're picking up this uh, conversation that's happening that they're not meant to be privy to. What are your thoughts, mate? Do you give a shit? <laughs> not really. Um, I'm sympathetic. Like, I'm sympathetic to everybody's uh, opinions. But, you know, whether I act on them or not, or whether I ask you to act on it because you're the editor, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'll listen. Do I care? Maybe. I, I don't know. What, what are these complaints, mate? What have they been saying? Well, you hear that? Fisherboy182. You can shove that straight up there, Tiger. No more say? complaints. Oh, he said, I'm sick of hearing Jeff talk about his stuff and things. And I was like, really? whoa, Tiger, relax. What yeah. Is this? Uh, it's just a private message. I didn't want to worry about it, Volts. I know that you're a sensitive type of fellow, and um, I didn't want you to be sort of, you know, ruining your day over it as such. You know what I'm saying? Fisher boy. I can't even see him. Ah, don't worry about it, mate. He's probably uh, blocked you, I'd say. Doesn't really like you at all, though. Yeah, right. Eh? Mm. Cool, man. Hey, um, yeah, i tell you what, there's been... Um, uh, I, I got presented by that by Fisher boy um, this... this um, creative way to get around the idea of scent you know uh, i know that not we're not meant to be talking about the war 
you know, and the, and the idea of Santa's come up a few times on the show and it's a red-hot subject. However, I can't help but feel as though this would be uh, a good bit of advice to those that, yeah, are sitting on the fence, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, okay, so, okay, so, like, you might, you, you, okay, look, I'll tell you what he's, what he's proposed here, is that, like, you get, you fish with someone, you have to fish with someone else for this, right? And yet, and they, they hold the fly, right, in their hand, and they get a bottle of scent in their other hand, and they hold it, they hold it over the fly, they just hold it over the fly, right? They don't do anything, right? They're not making contact with the scent, with the fly, and all this stuff. Then you reach over and you grab their hand and you squeeze the bottle and you move their other hand around around the fly you know huh. um, yeah. yeah yeah it's it, he, called it the, he called that the south african rudder right? <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> it sounds like the dutch rudder but well it's yeah. like the dutch rudder but worse yeah 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 there's, there's a lot of uh dutch descent south africans around <laughs> oh is that is that is that the connection is it right i didn't realize that uh <laughs> didn't know that i didn't know that either well you're you're telling the story are you telling me that uh so along those lines you're telling me that a south african is just a uh a worse dutchman is that (laughs) i I never said worse i mean oh it's just a fisher boy it could be improved fisher boy 183 said said it was a it was a worse version of the dutch rudder i just didn't didn't get the connection but you jumped to it though oh he's blocked you mate He's blocked you yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll just go in under one of my Fisher other. Boy one eight three. Yeah, yeah. Go, go. Well, I'm sure he's. I've told him about all your accounts, mate. So you won't yeah, find bro. him anywhere. Yeah. Sure, man. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Unfortunately, look, I'm just looking out for the, for the listeners. Yeah. Any other listener that wants to know the accounts that um, Vols has got to, to block him, just just send me a private message, and I'll um I'll put you onto <laughs> it. Not a problem at all. <laughs> yeah. I got you back, listeners. Yeah. It's me and you versus Vaults on this show. I'm the yeah, people's champion, sorry. mate. South Africa is another country I can't visit now. Thank you, but that's um, <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good, pretty good solution, eh? The um, the rudder, you know. But that's, so you're not actually putting a scent on your own fly, like it's you're not intending to. It just accidentally happens. Well, you're just grabbing the other person's hand, who's who's moving it around, you know. And it's um, all yeah. And what do you do uh, when they catch a fish? Do you like go? Ha, don't pretend you didn't take the photo. Like just go. Yep, hold it up. All right, three, two, one, smile. And then you know they okay release it, and then um, and then you go oh shit I missed it sorry dude. What's to make it? What, what makes you think that you're aware? I mean, what happens if you've got a buff over your face while you're holding the other person's hand? Like it's um, you might not be aware. Of it. I mean, there's many facets to this, Waltz. You know? What about this? How about this? You're uh, you're setting up the shot, and you get your um, your Dutch ruddery mate to to yeah, South African rudder. South African Dutch rudder. rudders are very different. To put very, very different move. To put his. Uh, to put his to put your rod while you're holding the fish, to put your rod over your shoulder for you to balance it. Yeah, it really happen if that was the case. Well, that's that's the ghost rod, right? We've talked about that on previous shows. Yeah, more, ghost more rod. photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, man. I don't. I feel pretty queasy just bringing that haunted photo shit up again. Eh? That's um, that was some Blair yeah. Witch shit. Eh? That was weird, man. That was really. Uh, he's a master. That guy. Who was he? Rocky, Rocky H or something. I don't know, Rocky Outcrop. Rocky Outcrop. Yeah, he had some killer <laughs> carp spots and nice golden perch too. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yep. Yeah. They say in kung fu, one hand doesn't tell the truth. <laughs> How that relates to haunted fly fishing photos, I have no idea, but it's a great proverb. Uh huh. And it's one that we could we could use in our daily lives, and I think it's my present to the listeners. 
You're welcome. Thank you, Sensei Chris. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been up to in the dojo, mate? I know you've been busy lately. Is in, the, a... in the beast, the beast dojo. The beast dojo. <laughs> <laughs> beast studio, beast dojo, where we train yeah. hard, bro. Yeah, train man. Hard. Stri- strike hard, strike first. Strike sorry. first. Yep. Rap yeah. first. Brush. There's no. There's no analogy that. that well, nothing. I got nothing. I'll edit this out. Nothing. Look, mate, I was looking at the site the other day. I need to congratulate you. It's uh, just an easy loading site. Things uh, things are good. There's a lot of new things. If you haven't had a look lately, people, just jump on over. But, mate, um, just sliding down this sidebar, what is this here? I'll just um, just bring it. You might have noticed a new addition today. Yeah, I did. That'll be be launching this weekend. And if you're listening to the show as it launches on the uh, Saturday... Whatever date that's going to be, I should be more prepared for that before rattling off the date. However, I don't know what yeah. it is. Um, so so this show is going to launch on Saturday the 24th. And on that yeah. day, uh, I mean, it's already there now. For people that have been on the site and scrolling down the tab menu, I have come up with a concept to uh, to illustrate the talent of Australian fly tyres in Australia. Right. Uh and essentially created the Australian Fly Tires Co-op. Tell me about that, mate. Well, co-op by definition is essentially two businesses that are working in a symbiotic relationship. So you know they both benefit. You know, so uh-huh. I'm I'm basically giving these guys their their website. These guys buy materials off me, and um, and that's where my money comes from with this. Um, um, you know, so, so essentially it's it's a dropship situation. I'm just giving them a platform that people can use. A, a trusted e-commerce site where they can put in you know their details and such as opposed to contacting these guys through their social media with uh-huh. bespoke flies these flies are available now so these guys have agreed to list what they have available at the moment so there's no or to little, little wait time mm-hmm. but um essentially you know it's um like i said it's a it's a drop ship situation for these guys uh, and i wanted to highlight so i mean i mean i'm not about to criticize other people's business but for my business I wanted to highlight Australian tyres from being a, because I was a former commercial full-time fly tyre. I understand how hard it is, and I understand how hard it is to compete with imports. You know, so you know, like if uh, a company's bringing in imports from you know, like a third-world country uh, to, for bringing flies in. I mean, geez, a lot of people are going to make money on those flies before by the time you get them. But with with the Australian fly tyres co-op, these guys live in Australia. They're tying with quality materials. They're tying quality flies. They fish themselves. They fish the water that you fish. They're yeah. contactable. You can you can reach them. You can reach the actual person who's tying the fly that you buy. Not a problem at all. Like their contact details are on on the website. Uh, they've all got their own social media pages. There's no there's no there's no in no way shape or form is there anything on beast brushes that got like you know blocks you from contacting the guy direct and going around yeah. beast brushes if you want. This ain't this ain't booking. This is legit cooperative work you know yeah pretty well yeah, yeah to the full yeah. definition so i'm not i'm not buying flies off them and, and then loading them up and putting them up these guys mm. are just sending me their listing and i mean there's some website website fees which is what i gotta pay on just just passing them on so i mean like essentially you're paying the bank what you, yeah no it's not even that it's just like you know like it's a shopify platform they charge money it's not every transaction is not free you know and yeah, yeah then you got the government who wants gst and just stuff like that but nothing you know, let's uh, anyway. Let's get that's get that's getting the ins and outs of it. But essentially, it's a place where we've got um, <clears throat> so we've got some great. I'll, I'll list them off so people who, who don't know who are listening. To this going, oh, I wonder who's there. You know, um, 
So you got, you know, you got Axel from Freehand Flies. You got Dylan Tomlinson, who we've had on the show from Dill's yep. Hand Tied Flies. Dave Little from um, mm-hmm. North, North Queensland Saltwater Flies. Hello, uh, cool. Nick. Yeah, Nick Stewart, who we've also had on the show as a guest and a and a um, and a uh, uh, co-host from uh, Flycraft. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah. Chad Ploy from Ploy Flies. Um, yeah. Got Al Simpson from Ketterfly. Um, yeah. We've got uh, there's a couple more that haven't loaded up yet by the time we're recording, but I'm just trying to think um, who else that is. Um, there's a couple of guys who are um and about, which I won't mention them right now, and no, I'm actually missing. Be, wouldn't be fair yet. But yeah, yeah. There, um, there are a couple of guys coming on. Um, there's a couple of there's 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 one or two new guys who have uh, displayed interest with me and asked me privately about commercially tying, and I've invited them in to have a look and um and 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 have a look at going about it this way. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess um yeah, I guess that's I, what we're, what we're doing, I suppose. Just try to sort of highlight Australian fly ties to to the rest of the world because uh I get a lot of traffic on beast brushes and shout out to my overseas customers who are listening to this podcast um you know we, we ship to the u.s daily as an example mm-hmm. and um and maybe the the fly ties in australia that have got their own social media aren't getting the exposure to the overseas customers which is another thing that that we're offering there which is great um just an australian exports if you like and u.s customers in particular and also uh european customers take take into account the um the advantage you enjoy on your uh, exchange rate too yeah exactly yeah. And mm-hmm. you know you can you can on the website you can choose your currency in the bottom right hand corner wherever you want in um, yeah. you know you know euro or yen or whatever US dollars Canadian dollars New Zealand dollars even and a lot goes to New Zealand mm-hmm. as well. Really, been very, been, yeah, been very lucky to get an international flavour with Australian manufactured manufactured at um, fly tie materials. So want to sort of give back to the guys that are spending a bit of money with me and just you just create something to give them a a fair bit of exposure to the rest of the world. You know, Chris, and, uh, are you taking on uh, other tie? Like, you know, would in the future would you be open to more people j- jumping on board? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, right. But I guess you know, like you know, like I, I always encourage um, new fly tires to to do it properly. Whenever I like, get approached a lot, I, I might be a, a safe place to approach. Being a former commercial fly tire, for someone to ask questions and not get you know answers that are gonna you know shield mm-hmm. them or make it sound like it's too hard than what it is, I give people honest answers, but. Um, you know, I, I like, I mean, everyone would want to see the other person make money. If you're a customer, you know, you're going to want a fly that's going to be worth the money. And um, if someone's cheaper than the rest of them and they've got to work to a price, well, then, you know, no one's going to give you something for free. Well, not for very long before they start leaving shit out, you know, and that's generally quality and durability. So, you know, yeah. the, the, I'm not, I don't want to be club president here of a fly ties guild or anything like that. I just, um, I just like if someone wasn't doing the right thing or got, we got a lot of complaints, well, then, you know, I guess that um, you know they got a, someone who can approach them about, it, I suppose. But I'm not, I'm not yeah. their fucking dad. You know, that's right. All care, no responsibility. You know, it's you're not, you're not taking the money for it. It's none of your business. Yeah, yeah, pretty uh, much. Sorry. So, yeah, yeah. Market, oh, we'll see. How, we'll see how it goes. Like that. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Let the market pressures decide things like quality, you know, versus price, you know, apparent value. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those yeah. flies are going to vary in price, and there's a big variance of flies in there too. I mean, look, fuck, how's Nick Stewart's flies, man? Like, I'm loading those things up on the website, going, man, these are really nice. These flies are, I mean, that that is world class. Those there's intruders and, and leeches and this, these swinging flies that he's got, and uh, you know, Nick Nick is probably one of the most underrated commercial fly tires in Australia. You know, and yeah. I was, uh, he was one of the very first people I contacted about it. I would I would love to showcase the stuff that he does. You know, he's so pedantic and so neat about it, and 
His flies, I mean, people talk about deer hair being a dying art. Mate, Nick's flies are a dying art, you know, particularly in the Southern Hemisphere, that's for sure. You know, I know a lot of guys that can do it, but not not like Nick. You know, Nick's 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 next level, mate. He's He ties some great flies, that's for sure. Oh, it's not just his flies too, mate. That are neat, it's his casting. Yeah, no, but he can't, he can't really sell his casting at the co-op. I know. No, yeah. But, uh, yeah <laughs> Maybe and, he can. I don't know. Yeah, and he's so well-trimmed, so well-groomed. He's a, he's a well-groomed, yeah, lad, you're right. Yeah. I believe he's um, from um, uh, English descent as well. So you probably know him, Malcolm. I mean, not Malcolm. You know what I mean? The the guy from Leeds. Martin. Martin. <laughs> that was a joke. We called you Malcolm on the last show. Malcolm's Martin. been quiet lately, hasn't he, old Malcolm? Yeah. Yeah. Malcolm, yeah, that's what happens when you're in the middle, I guess. Boom, <laughs> boom. I'm here all week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great to have a good audience thank you thank you <laughs> what has martin been up to man bushwalking what yeah I sent him there's a message. no bush there's no bush in england it's weird yeah it's weird you should mention malcolm's quietness but um i uh, i said mate you've been quiet lately what have you been up to and um i know spring has sprung over there and you know maybe maybe the pommies have got better things to do like have a bath or <laughs> something you know but uh that's gather that's under that hole in the cloud to get a bit of sunlight yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know mate i think they've um i'm not sure exactly which part of of uh leeds he's from but they're um i know the covid restrictions have recently been eased and and pommies everywhere are getting their fish on or they're bushwalking on or um madly making porridge whatever they're doing could yeah, you imagine yeah. how, like, uh, yeah, Pommy's just walking through the bush, just all of them, oh, it's all right, but, you know, they could do this a bit better, you know? <laughs> is it, a, I mean, stereotypes are there because they're true, though, right? About Pommy's being whingers. <laughs> 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 I love Australia, but, you know, it's nothing like England. <laughs> so, so far, like, just, just right, keeping a tally right now, Volts, so far we've excluded ourselves from uh, South Africa. And Tasmania. now England. Yeah, that's two I'd, places I'd we won't be travelling. I had a good bash in Tasmania once. I'm scared to go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. man. It's, there's nothing like getting headbutted oh. twice. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I think we smashed Victoria a few times for their poor personal hygiene. Ah, yeah, yeah, but you know, all they need to do is wash their hands, and then they're back on the leaderboard. Leaderboard, you know, really. Yeah, yeah, they're back out enjoying themselves, doing AFL and shit. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, AFL. <laughs> Men's netball, <laughs> isn't it? <clears throat> well, look, uh, <laughs> folks, it's about the time of the show, 16 minutes in, when we start to go, holy shit, we're gonna, we need to put a fucking show together. So we've got a, a bit of a rough idea tonight, folks, and yeah. what we're going to present to you tonight is, uh, is a special. Uh, we haven't done a special for a while. We like to bring them in, and uh, yeah, we do them because they, they rate pretty well. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we we hope that you get a bit of um, knowledge from it, based on the little bit of knowledge that we can offer. I guess, uh, I guess disclaimer: this is just our opinions and experience putting on the show. Should we should we spend twenty minutes like the Flyland episode talking about what we're going to talk about? No, no, good idea. We'll talk about the war. <laughs> There's two wars in there. There's the Flyland <laughs> War and the Scent War. The scent war, the fly line war, yeah. Mm. Let's leave it alone. 
<laughs> and then there's the, the the great the great wall of the aggressive head as well the great wall <laughs> oh dearie me okay so the thing that we want to talk about today is is fly's eyes no not the fly's eyes that you talked about in school okay it's not about tightly tightly fitting clothing it's about yeah. eyes that you would put on a fly intended for fishing yeah yeah that, that's a sound definition that is i'm glad you cleared that up i was i was uh a bit nervous there when you said fly's eyes yeah 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 so, yeah yeah so that that would be if you want to hear more more at the other meaning i mean there's that podcast d's nuts you know and um that's uh that'd be one you'd go check out but uh we don't we don't listen to that one um yeah so all right so i guess first and foremost uh you know a lot of people put out um, questions in regards to whether flies need eyes or not and um i, I tend to sort of uh look at it not not as objectively like that uh and i'm trying to tend to look at it more like why why would you need eyes as opposed to do they need them or not um uh some flies are definitely going to suit not having them um but it's not it's not always about the aesthetics it's more about it can be more about the functionality of yeah. of selecting eyes okay um but before we get into that i wanted to bring up an article that uh, i read that rod harrison wrote a, a while ago and i can't remember the publication it was in maybe mm. you can remember it volts i don't know and chime in if you if you do remember the publication it was in because i'd like to shout that out if if i remember what it is yeah um, but I do remember reading it, and I thought it was interesting because, it, you know, the, the articles like this I don't normally sort of read too much on. If I'm, if I read the heading, and I, I think I'm not going to get a lot out of it, um, you know, I might just glance past it. But I, I read this one because Rod's a very good writer, and I do enjoy his uh, pieces. He's very um, entertaining writer. He, he's very good at communicating his point of view. You, at the end of it, you you're pretty clear on what he was trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and in this particular article, it was about you know eyes on on flies. You know, um, mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember all of the article, you know, but I do remember a section that he talked about uh, flashy profiles, you know, and and large eyes, like large diameter eyes, you know. Mm. Um, anyway, and um, so he's gone on to say that uh, you know in 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 nature, uh, eye contact is is a form of aggression, you know, and if you and that eye contact or that mock eye contact by artificialized meeting the glance of, of a predator is is what you know you could hypothesize is what will trigger an eat uh just through an act of aggression you know yeah. and it, it's an interesting way to look at it because it, it then lends itself to you know what people already know and that is that fish don't always eat because they're hungry you know mm. so you know that's i guess before we get into the um hydrodynamics or the functionality of of, of various eye types that's one thing to consider right then and there, you know, like, so if you've got a fly that perhaps you feel could be made without eyes or you couldn't be bothered putting it on or it's not going to affect things. Well, you know, I guess that's one thing you need to rule out is that is that aggressive aggression uh, trigger. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. You, you, you're drinking what I'm pouring. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Wait till you start smoking what I'm rolling. You really, you really start picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> anyway, 
so so yeah i mean that's that's first off the cap first cab off the rank really like you know like a, a, a checklist if you like to when you with your flight is on but some but some eyes are there for a good reason you know they um uh they you know you got well you got various types of eyes i just think we should go through i suppose but i mean you know, the most common one would be you know your um your 3d eyes um uh, you know, so you got you got things like your 3D eyes, which would be your most common ones that you would you'd stick on. They're domed. They're a they're a holographic, or even sometimes now photorealistic uh, um, pictures underneath, like a, a resin dome. They're the most popular ones. They're in in the shop, in the shop I've got, you know, like they they are the most popular ones by a mile. Yeah. Um, now they uh, they just they just stick on. They just, you can stick them on. You can use more adhesive with them. Um, obviously, you got a flat version of that. Um, and and obviously you know that's that's got its own purpose as well which we'll go through uh you get you got all those things like b-chain and lead and tungsten all those different weight eyes like dumbbell eyes to include in this as well um mono eyes as well you know like uh, what you'd put on a toad fly uh which is you know that that right then and there is a great a great reason for, for using eyes like that's a that's a fly that that makes up part of the action that that mono eye on it. it's not creating that uh that that aggression that that um that reaction of, of eye contact you know um mm. other thing we've got is like feather eyes like jungle cock uh things like that which we'll go into you know flies like dk dancers that, that you know um uh, paul and lionel kemp came up with um you know it's pretty strictly paul will always talk about using a, a glow in the dark eye for that you know that's another example of like you know someone like paul for example would, would lose a lot of confidence without having that glow in the dark eye and even something we'll get into that because it's pretty pretty interesting to hear what paul has to say in regards to what say john schofield does when he ties them and the results that he gets uh another another form of eyes tab eyes you know where um where you're tying the tab in uh, over the top of uh loose material generally natural material um yeah and, and we talk about dumbbells and you know that's a big thing there but um yeah, to get back to the, the yeah, there's a lot so, to couple, mate. I've got I've got some questions when we go through each one of them too. So, yeah, yeah. well, I think yeah. there's um there's a little bit to talk about about each one of them. Mm. Um, yeah, three D eyes, for example, to get right from the start. Like you know what the flies that you use them on. Like instantly, I start thinking of game changers, bend backs, you know, deceivers, um, you know, thing, things like that. Um, you know, uh, brush flies, basically stuff like that. But um. But they've got they've got certain flaws and they've got certain things that you got to, to to work with them with their adhesive back, but also, uh, you know, the the way that they pass through the water. Do you have yeah. any questions in regards to that one before I start lecturing? Well, yeah. Um, well, let's let's lecture and then we'll see if I still got the questions afterwards, man. But, okay. Yeah. Well, in regards to um, a fly like uh, I learned a lot about these eyes in regards to game changers, for example right um i game changer is a fly that, that i believe is very uh very much in need of eyes not not aesthetically but very much play a big role in the way that the water passes over the fly okay mm. and i'll give you i'll give you an example of that right so um with a game changer you know in a nutshell the action is derived by um how wide the overall fly is and the tail wagging in between those two parallel lines of how wide it is. But first of all, to get to the widest part, the water's got to flow over the hook eye and the front of the fly where the eyes are. Now, yep. when I when I build them on, <clears throat> what I used to do is I, I would just I would glue them on with like you know zap or or um some, or a similarly based based glue. 
Um, mm. The problem with that was that you know eventually the, sometimes the eye would come off, whether it delaminate from the from the foil backing or or just come off completely. But sometimes I would notice that the fly would pull to one side as well, and uh, I sort of started to hypothesise. Uh, there's that big word again, that that if it was impossible for me to put the eyes on so perfectly even that one side, the leading edge of the eyes, was going to cause more drag than the other side, and in turn. Uh, as as it's taking as the fly takes the path of least resistance through the water, it was going to act on the fly and pull the fly to one side. Uh, there's a couple of reasons why a, a game changer pulls to one side, but one of them turned out to be that. Wow! And uh, so as it, and then what what I did was I started to create like a, a mask over it with resin, where I would pretty much just coat the first half of the eyes. I'd coat the mm. whole eye, but off the eye and creating that mask, it would only cover half the eye. So essentially, what I want to do is cover. Um, uh, the leading edge of the eye, if you like, you know. Yeah. If, if I had to put too much of a resin mask over the eye, what possibly could have happened is I could have started to encroach on the gape of the hook and and, and ruin some of the hook setting ability from that. So I yep. needed to prevent that, but I also needed to create a, a mask to be able to have the water to plane over the rest of the fly evenly without catching the front edge of the eye. Okay. So as it turned out, that ended up. Through, through accident, creating like a, a, a very smooth path for that water to pass over that fly. And essentially the first part of resistance started, became the widest part of the fly, which is sort of towards the rear of the hook. And it, it, it created more action. It actually enabled the front of the eye of the hook to move left to right, and the pivot point of the game changer was at the rear of the hook. Now there's some um, some pretty big clues for people that are trying to get game changers to work right there, if you can you know, put the pieces together. Um, but without going into the hydrodynamics of game changers, the eyes became a very essential part of that fly, and and more than aesthetics. You know, it wouldn't matter. Uh, I mean, I could I could make a full solid mask out of resin and do away the eyes completely, but the eyes almost create a type of formwork to stop the resin from soaking right into that fabric. Yeah. One of the one of the problems that would be associated with that if I decided to do that is that resin, wherever the light doesn't hit and doesn't hit well will rehydrate okay so you know if you're using resin for glue to glue eyes on and the, and the uv light doesn't get behind it properly yeah and it doesn't set as soon as it gets in the water it'll just rehydrate it's it's an acrylated resin which means that it's 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 made of a, of a water base so to speak you know not entirely but um to a certain degree it'll it'll thin it you know it won't work anyway so yeah the eyes to create a little bit of form so they're, they're a pretty essential part they reduce the weight because there's not enough resin in there they let the water flow over it and obviously they create the aesthetics as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah. that's, that's one thing, um, that, uh, that I would, I would, sorry, I'm getting, I've got a message from Nick Knight. I, I, I asked him about cod snacks the other day and where they, where they came from, gave me a massive rundown of, uh, of the history of it. Super interesting. Um, but the same guy who invented light horseman invented those cod snacks, eh? Really? Yeah. I didn't, what? uh, just off a bit of a tangent there, but maybe we'll get Nick on to talk about it one day because there's a heap of flies that they've invented in the New England area between him and Jason. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, we, we digress. Do you <laughs> have any questions in regards to the uh, 3D eyes? Well, it's probably a, an observation rather than a question. I I hadn't really considered the um, the the leading edge of the eye catching the water mm. um, and its effects, but off, off the trailing edge of the fly, do, do you get water perhaps vortexing and, and interacting with the, the fibers immediately adjacent to the eye? 
I, I, it would, I guess, technically. And A, it would depend on the fibers, and B, it would depend on the height of the eye to create that that um, that yeah. cavity or that negative space, if you like. Um, but so, you know, I haven't noticed it being too much of, a, of, a, of an issue with that. It would be an issue. Um, it, it definitely would be an issue with, with if you were to do a deceiver and um, uh, or even a bend back, I suppose, with, with things like bucktail, which would act in that vortex from the word go. Mm-hmm. With a brush that's designed to not collapse in the water and create that body so that it gives it the maximum width to uh, react in the water like the products we just have to have at beastbrushes.com um you know you're not really gonna <laughs> you're not really gonna get that that reaction to the materials because they're just not that type of material you know um so i, I wouldn't in, in answer to that question i i um i haven't noticed it too much um and when it is happening on, on, like, say, a deceiver, it's exactly what you want it to, to do anyway. But, I mean, the, that material is working with um, with the path of least resistance as water flows over it, over the entire fly anyway. Everything. So, yeah, yeah but, but yeah, I, I do that method of creating that that, that mask, if you like, um, on everything that, that's got those 3D eyes on it now. Um, I, I, and another reason why I do that is because they, they can come apart. You know, like, the foil backing on them is, is not awesome. You know, where the resin adheres to it or even that photographic image you know that that adheres to it you get these real eyes that are so realistic looking now that the foil the the foil backing so you've got you got a, like a a foil sheet and then you've got like a photographic inlay over that and that that reflective coating grins through that transparent photo and then you've got the 3d dome of resin over the top of that and that's how they're made right yeah right yeah and um sometimes that that foil can peel away from it you know if it, like that that if you don't cover that front edge that leading edge that that foil can lift off and peel away from it you know it can yep. probably even probably even do it from yeah, yeah. you could probably even do it from casting you know um you know sometimes they're, they're, they can be that poorly made that that's what happens so i i cover the whole fly so i i make essentially a monolithic structure where the resin is tied into both sides both eyes with a mask in just one so it's one piece you know and it's all under yep. the resin so it's uh durability but also um it enables the uh the the leading edge of the fly to pass through with an even drag around it so then the fly tracks straight yeah 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 makes sense yeah yeah well you know mate i'm not a hydrodynamicist but um but i do pay attention to what's on the, what happens on the water and that's just yeah what i do <laughs> <laughs> hydrodynamicist correct yeah doctor of hydrodynamity <laughs> it's a real thing dude it's yeah. right up there we, we studied right next to the uh the, the uh, mudskipperology department oh right right yeah. is there adjacent buildings were they yeah yeah adjacent yep yeah. you could say that absolutely yeah. yeah yeah you can make them wherever you want when they make believe mate that's uh <laughs> <laughs> um and like uh, I guess that sort of you know could could lead us on to the the next the next type of either the stick on the, the stick on flat eyes, which yep. are um which are Quite pretty popular. important. So yeah, yeah, very popular and and surprisingly hard to get these days. Like the three D eyes yeah. are are definitely leaning uh, leading the charge in regards to that. But you know three D uh, flat flat stick on eyes are essentially a pretty um a pretty big uh, are well and truly worth your learning in regards yeah. to a lot of flies. Which flies would would people be familiar with seeing these on, like surf candies, um, old style deceivers without a built up head? Um, the marlin, marlin flies, like uh, marlin flies, yep, the original yeah, like, BFs, yeah, flashy yep, profiles, yeah. flashy profiles, yeah, like um, all the flies that uh, Dean Butler designed, like flashy profiles and and derivatives of. I'm guessing they would all have 
like you know 15 mil flat stick on eyes like uh reflective silver eyes holographic yep. silver um mm -hmm. and they're apparently the, a real focal point for the attack yeah the, so that's yeah. what so that's yeah so that's like what harrow was saying in that article you know mm. is um yeah. is that is that like it's uh it's it's just a it it could be who knows what goes through a fish's mind but um on a little bit of a tangent like i believe that when well i've i've started to believe there's two reasons why a fish misses top water and one is that um that they'll change their mind at the last minute and they'll still create a boil but you know sometimes you don't feel them hit your fly they just they just whatever for whatever reason they change their mind at the last minute i would yeah. imagine that like pelagics like you know like all the billfish wahoo mackerel and stuff like that would probably see this massive eye and go oh for fuck yeah fuck yeah that thing's a real ass i want it you know it'd yeah, be that right. last minute last minute um confirmation for them you know like first of all it'd be what's that what's making that bubble trail what if there's a teaser there or a bait in it what's that smell but once they come up to it and like that make that last minute decision to overlook all the terminal tackle that's hanging out of it it could be that eye that they recognize in so many other species that make it sort of go yep i want it you know it could be the one thing that they focus on ignore everything else right that last minute when they're, when they're within a meter of the fly you know yeah yeah, that is, they're the worst sort of rejections too, you know, like you're a big fish or it's, it's hot to trot, it's come in hard and it's just last minute, it's gone. Nah. Yeah, nah. And that's, when you think about it, I mean, the reasons a fish could eat the fly, uh, like you said, aggression, curiosity even, you know, they've got no hands, they can't touch it. Yeah. The only way they can figure out if something real or not is to put it in their mouth. Yeah. You know, and, and that to me, probably side tangent, World War Three scenting, you know, probably another nail in the coffin for scenting. You know, like you're really taking advantage of that. Come so, on, Volts. Get oh, past sorry. it, mate. Ah, sorry. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, the same curious fish. And anyway, the, um, but yeah, it, when you get that rejection, it's pretty definite. Um, I think you got to change things up when that happens. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it could be the fish as well. You know, it's, um, I'm, I'm pretty stubborn with, with flies, particularly like on that, with that scenario of top water, you know, like, uh, where I fish for top water, like I've sp spoken on the show plenty of times, like it's it's a 40 minute window at best. It peaks summer, like it, in optimum conditions, 40 minutes at best, you know? So sometimes that that five minutes takes to change a flyover, fuck, it just irks on me just eating into that time, you know? So I'll persist with that fly, you know? Sometimes wrongly, sometimes, um, you know, it, it pays off. But sometimes I, I think it could be the fish, you know? Sometimes you'll put a, fly, put a cast out for bass in particular and um you know a fish will come up and and just boil behind it you won't feel anything in fact the 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 water it pushes can suck the fly down which which leads me on to another theory and the and the advantage of deer hair um because sometimes i've had fish that will pull a fly under just by missing it and they must turn around to have a look at see what's on they purposely pull it under the water to have a look at to get to yeah. get a better look at you know like to not commit to it fully and go on i'll just i'll my i can flick my tail and 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 control the water to suck you under and if something's too buoyant, like foam, just pops back up like a cork. But deer hair will just get get lost in that wash and slowly rise up to the top. And is that mm -hmm. in that time frame, I've had fish just just smash it, you know, doing that. Yep. It's pretty mm -hmm. cool. It's um once you've had that happen, you, you'd be reluctant to use foam any, again or work out your keeling so it rises really slowly, you know. It yep. can be done with foam for sure, but deer hair is just king for top water, man. There's no doubt about that for sure. Yeah. 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 It's um yeah. Anyway, uh, but even with that, with uh, I'll tell you something with the with these eyes, with the um, with the flat eyes, and also the three D eyes. Before we move too far on about it, in regards to the deer hair, like with my deer hair flies, I like to 
I started off doing what 99% of the fly tires do around the world, and that is sticking them on, on like carving a little bit of flat bit on the deer hair and sticking them on there, and then coating the whole thing with resin, kind of like the idea of my mask by coating up the front edge. But the resin, you know, although some resins have got fantastic adhesion, still not as good as glue, and it can start to lift. And I was noticing that I was losing the eyes on my fly. Ah, I, I'll tell you something with that. People say with deer hair, oh, you don't need you don't need eyes on that either. That is so fucking not true. And I'll tell you why, because where I, you probably, unless you tie deer hair, you wouldn't, you wouldn't notice this, but where I put my eyes, it's where two stacks meet. And if without the eyes there, you, you hypothetically, no matter how tight you do it, you could twist those two stacks apart from each other. But by putting the, recessing the eye in and putting it over the two, two of those stacks, you're essentially locking those two stacks together by putting... Yeah, yep. like you're putting like a like a uh, um, like a key in there almost. That's what it's like, you know. Yeah, put a key. Yeah, like no, well, not your key card, mate. Come on, relax. Keystone. You know? Keystone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's yeah, a, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's um. So you you're locking that in, but um, I, I'll t give you a tip with this. You know, like if people people use um <clears throat> like adhesives like Zap, and put to put their glue their foil based eyes on there with the adhesive the adhesive that's on there. Sometimes these hydrocarbon based glues can eat. The foam like you'll see it start to eat that foil and and you look through the eyes and it'll look all uh, i don't know how to describe it just it just looks different because the glue's starting to eat it right here's a couple of here's here's a tip for you right okay this is this is a pretty red hot tip i do this to all my flies so i get i, I get uh like a, a super thin resin turn the fly upside down i coat the foil with the resin set that and then you can stick stick it in the glue without it eating the foil at all it takes two seconds and you can and you got no problem with that at all you know do you understand what I'm saying? So you turn it upside down. So you, you get the eye, turn it upside down on your bench. So it's 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 the foil side or the adhesive side facing upwards. Yep, got it. The reason you glue it down is because the adhesive that they come with is nowhere near strong enough to ever last more than oh, no, two or three casts. You know? Yeah, you're so, you're full if you think that's going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You can split hairs with this even more. I used to get like um, the same white spirit that I used to clean my cork drags with on my fly reels. And just mm. just have a little cap full of it there, and just wipe the adhesive off. It takes two seconds, it comes off, and it dries pretty quickly, so it doesn't affect the foil. Then coat coat the back of that eye with um, a bit of thin resin, set it, and then um, and then just just you know, then you can use the hydrocarbon based adhesive like Zap Gap or the YooHoo stuff that I used to talk about. That you can't buy anymore, and, um, and put that in there. I would never recommend using um, uh, I can't remember the cryocyanates like super glues. If you yeah. look at you look at all the super glue, like even like the Loctite brand, which is super popular, and you Google waterproof super glue, you'll find that there there is no such product made. There is a product made by a company called Patex. That's the only one in the world that's got a terminology used waterproof super glue. You know, so some of those glues will rehydrate. Um, but if you're going to use a hydrocarbon based thing, Zap Zap a Gap and YooHoo is quite good. Um, what's really, really good is, uh, but it just takes longer to cure, is the um, uh, single-pack urethane stuff. Fuck, I can't remember what it's called. Um, oh, fuck, what is that shit called? I'll find it because it's really important, and I, I really think that's a, it's a good tip for people uh -huh. that are listening to this because it's, it's non-toxic. Crystal or something? Is it? It's what, huh? What's it it's called? Is it got crystal in its name? No, it's not got crystal okay. in its name. Um, yeah. Not Chris, crystal meth. It's not. <laughs> it's definitely not crystal meth. Just confirming yeah, yeah. that. Don't put crystal meth on your floor. Liquid fusion. Liquid fusion. Where? Do, yeah. Yeah. Liquid crystal meth. There. You yeah, go. I got you, mate. Yeah, liquid yeah. Fusion. 
There we go. Yeah, yeah, so it's a single pack. It's it's non toxic with that if they float your boat, you've got kids Fairly or pets around as well. That stuff. It actually reminded me of school glue, you know, like the old clag. Well, clag's clag's an acrylic based you know, glue, so it'll rehydrate, right. it's not waterproof. But this stuff's urethane. Single we used to use this in construction, you you would glue unseasoned timber together because it's a moisture cure product. So the it'll pull the moisture or use the moisture that's in the product to actually cure. So, um, so you know, the, if you, hypothetically, you know, you would we used to use this with um, uh, poly, polyurethanes are, are similar all the way around. Like expander foam is polyurethane as well. And if you want to get good adhesion with that, you know, you spray it with a mist bottle, and, and it just pulls the uses the moisture to cure. Same with this stuff, although it does it's a low rise urethane single pack as well. Um, mm. So you don't have to mix part A and part B, but it's uh, it does take a while to go off. It'll need it'll need a couple of hours to go off. So you time not before, and that they'll be apples the next morning, but once they once it's cured it's uh it won't rehydrate and it'll hang on like you know grim death you know so it's um pretty good really uh really good tip that one in that regard so a couple of gems we've poured out of the podcast so far in regards to eyes uh, but we do need to move on if we're to cover all this yeah unless you'd like to ask any questions in regards to that vaults no nah, mate next eyes let's go Next lot of eyes, uh, uh, the mono eyes, you know, is uh, or, or nymph eyes they call it, you know, is uh, is yep. a quite interesting one. Okay, I got a question about these. Sure. Are these the ones you 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 know quite often see on say the front of uh, toad flies, the tarpon yes. toad flies. Yep. yep. Okay, so the question I've got on these is where are they related? Uh, well, we'll say where are they related? How um how buoyant are they? Are they um are they neutral? Do they sink? Are they slow sinking? Fast sinking? Do they float? What are they? It's a good question, and I guess uh, to answer that, you sort of need to discuss what constitutes buoyancy, really. Um, right. I mean, obviously, you can chuck something in the water and, and sit, sorry. Okay. Yeah. You, yeah you so you, obviously, you can chuck something in the water and and see if it's buoyant, but you can make something buoyant sink by by sticking something heavy to it as well. I mean, that's makes that's makes perfect sense, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So the way the way these eyes or any fly time material you can tell if it's going to do what you want it to do particularly synthetics is to understand its specific gravity and that basically relates to how heavy it is in relation to water yeah. okay so something has a something has a specific gravity um less than than water it, it'll float right so mm -hmm. as an example um you know nylon like ep fiber Yep. It, it, it's it's got a specific gravity higher than higher than water more than water so it, it sinks you know um i i uh mono that monofilament i don't i mean monofilament is such a loose term i don't actually know what um what mono i just know that i don't know what specific gravity is of of those mono eyes um i mean monofilament could mean any sort of copolymer product really and they all they all will um they all will vary in their specific gravity but i do i do know that they um but they float Interestingly enough, the um, the the toad. I can't remember the name of the guy who 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 designed it. Huh? Merry men. I thought you just asked me to marry you then. No, nah, man. Nah, what sort of that. weird place to? No, dude. I would talk say about open-minded approaches like that. I could do better than you. I'm gonna have to knock you back, mate. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, look, man. I just I can't live with a full man pelt. <laughs> yeah. The the guy's name was. Man. I'd have to make money off you, man. I'd have to start time flies and shit. And you, I don't think I don't think it lasts. It's not sustainable, dude. But yeah. thank you. I'm flattered. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Merryman, Merryman. Um, I don't. It, so you're telling. I can't remember the guy. I'm try, totally drawing a blank. But I'm going to take your word for it because you're quite an intelligent person, Volts. And um, that's something going for you that made me sort of consider your proposal. But 
yeah, I just can't get past the pelt. Anywho, um, the toad. <laughs> I think is, you guys um, know Gary. Might be get. Did, did you say Matt? Matt? You didn't say Mary. Did you say Gary? Right? Gaza. Mary. Right, Gaza. Gaza. Yeah, it'd be Gaza for sure. It looks like a Gaza. I gotta get my headphones checked, man, because it just sounds to me like you asked Gary to marry you. Then it's, no, um, no, yeah. wouldn't happen. Not Gaza. Gaza. It'd be entertaining, though, right? Oh, for about five minutes, then you get sick of, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> He'd be like a like a, a human contraceptive if you did, you know, like uh, you marry marry Gaza. You know, I don't know. He's got a lot of kids. Maybe that's not true. Gaza, how are you, mate? Glad to hear you doing well, mate. Talk to you soon. Anyway, no, he's a no, he's an avid listener to the show. We're gonna have uh, him on one day too. Gonna have him on one day, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Getting back to the toads, uh, yeah. yeah, we we know that those mono eyes um, may not they may not uh, may not float uh, like like super buoyant, but they'll be quite neutral and slow sinking from, in my experience. But the way the toad works in rega- in relation to those eyes, and the reason you wouldn't use any other eyes is because there's not probably not much around that's going to be. Uh, um, uh, lighter or, or had that specific gravity for, for this purpose is because of the poly yarn on the on the head you know so the the idea of those those flies when you see them uh and which is also highlighted in that x fly as well is um is that is that that movement of um of that head planing from from like across the circle like planing up with the heavy marabou and and um sometimes zonka tail sitting mm-hmm. the hook ass down and just the, the the fly just wags from side to side like you just tick 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 and you can just get such a big action with the choice of materials but putting ep on the head for a toad is just just contradicting contradicting the way the way it works you're making kind of making a quan you know in a way or um yeah, yeah it's um but and i know, think i think that just comes from the people who are doing that it might a lot of the time in my experience i haven't been aware of the difference in um buoyancy or specific gravity of the ep fiber and the um the original uh poly yarn yeah Lydia's, yeah. uh, Lydia's, uh, Aunt Lydia's yarns, or, or um, poly, polypropylene as well. And um, yeah, yeah um, all, all my BB fibers polypropylene, which is what we use in the game changers, because the buoyancy is. I mean, as you can see, my evolution all the way to the, the, the uh, slow water game changer, I've always been after the buoyancy. You know, like uh, I always yeah. admi- admired it in bucktail as well, like the, having those buoyant properties of, of, a, of a material like that. Yeah, I, I can see the place for uh, sinking materials like all the yaoi fiber and stuff like that. That's all. That's all a sinking material. It's like a nylon type stuff there. But um, I mean, it's places for it. But you just, what, I'm not saying one's wrong or one's right. I'm just saying that the, the avid fly tires should understand the properties of the, of the synthetic materials that they choose to use mm-hmm. to get the desired outcome that they want for their for their fly design. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in relation to the mono eyes, uh, I mean, I guess it, I, I don't know how that works in regards to nymphs and stuff because, um, mate, I live in Queensland. And I don't understand that, but um, but I do use it in relation to. Um, oh, I have tied some nymphs. I had to go some of um, Andy Andy Bolcher's carp nymphs, but I tied them toga size for a wild toga trip. I did, and because I wanted the same properties, I wanted to be able to cast them out on a fluorocarbon line and um, and have it have it sink slowly. You know, not not fast. I didn't want the fluor- heavy fluorocarbon line to pull it under too much. Mm-hmm. You know. And so they, they worked well for me and, and again just understanding that that the way that works i mean you still want the eyes there they're still gonna they're still gonna work as eyes and and give it a, a leading a leading edge if you like you know um there's going to be a certain degree of aesthetics there as well but yeah it's um yeah i keep thinking of that x fly did you remember seeing that yeah that was in location x right so one yeah um, 
tied tied like a like a traditional toad, but uh, instead of the yeah strips of foam where the where the polypropylene is, so it's extra um, low specific gravity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it did. Yeah, it's, it's super, super buoyant. But uh, the way that it swam in the water with that ass hanging down and just waving from side to side. I remember uh, fishing Brumba when it was at like, fuck, I don't know, 40%, a bit less. It was just like a river. And um, watching Carl Bernard um, using X-Flies there religiously. Loved them. And um, Toga just uh, just chewed them up. You know, it was crazy. Well, everyone else was using Toga Destroyers back then. He was using, I was using Toads and, and Destroyers. But... Um, he was using X-Flies all the time. Crazy, eh? Yeah, right. Yeah, I just never liked Surface there. Just, but it worked for him. Yeah. yeah. There you have it. Yeah, yeah, weird. Weird. Some people uh, do better for some reason, but yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so, you know, we, we've just we've just crossed the bridge to uh, to Mono-Wise there. Uh, and if you're keeping up with this, you've got your scorecard there. What, what the, what's the purpose of the Mono-Wise, man? Where what purpose do they actually achieve at the front of a fly that's got you know a sinky back and a and a floaty front um well you see it just offers a, a bit of balance like for for both sides i think it just offers that weight you know like um the the further apart they are i like the large ones there's certain brands that got them closer together than others but I like the ones that are further apart um because i've i've cast fly, um toes around before where for some reason the the eyes have come off you know for, for whatever reason i mean they're soft you know you tie them down with even with two dandenia sometimes the thread can cut them even when they're glued on like it's just just i've just noticed with toes it's just part and parcel of them it just happens you know i don't know if it happens to you but it happens to me anyway and um a, a toad that doesn't have the eyes on there still will plane upwards in the head if it's you know polypropylene it's used um but it just doesn't seem to have that that side to side wobble so to speak I would wager that it's um it's creating that that balance or that shift there. It could also be um that the you know that leading edge that the water hits and it's 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 doing something as the water pushes over those eyes. But I mainly tie it on because it's that's just the way that excuse me that's the way the pattern goes. Excuse me, but I have noticed the difference when they aren't on there. Um, yeah, uh, I, yeah, that's that's I've known I like my flight my toads to. When I stop, stops. When I stop stripping, to um to sort of sink level almost, if you know what I'm saying. I, like they won't float yep. because the hook's too heavy and the marabou's too heavy, but um but they will. Uh, but when you when when you pull them or strip them forward, they start planing up. You know, like they like the water catches underneath that polypropylene head. You know, um. So but without the eyes on there, it's just it. it you know, that, uh, it's hard to explain because it really is splitting hairs. But I believe. It's important to tie the eyes on. I believe it gives a better action. And if I was gonna guess as to what that's doing, the reason that I gave earlier would be my best guess. Yeah, right. Interesting. Interesting. What's the next fly? Uh, fly's eyes you've got in mind, mate? <laughs> uh, feather eyes. Feather-based eyes. Ooh. Yeah, right. Have you um, have you got a favourite kind of feather-based eye, mate? Yeah, mate. I do it, it, it. It's the uh, it's the jungle cock, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Just pausing, waiting for your jokes. What uh, what fly would we expect that on? Uh, a, a range of flies, really. Um, yeah. I guess it's more about where you would use it. Uh, in in my opinion, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, obviously being a feather, it's it's quite soft. You know, yeah. so it's gonna it's gonna move around. The same as what uh, yeah, a feather tied on the side would. It's just a lot shorter. 
you know, but the, the jungle cock's just got a, a really nice bright color that uh, just it's got a contrast there that between the, on its pattern that makes it look like there's a, an eye there, you know, like a, a an iris and, and all that sort of stuff there. It's, it's a really, really attractive uh, feather to use in that circumstance. But I believe aside from the aesthetics of it, it's got it's it's more about a functionality with with jungle cock in my opinion because you know you use a, use a, using on flies like say a hollow fly right that you've you spent all that time in reverse tying um and sort of pre pre pre-stressing the hair so that it it acts in the water it creates a lot more life in the water than just being tied traditionally backwards okay so you know what i mean you understand what i mean by reverse tying and, the, and that pre-tension yeah. that it puts on the on the hair right mm-hmm so you know, for those those who don't, I mean, like you, when you're reverse tying, you're literally tying in where you would normally traditionally tie in the hair and point the tips towards the rear of the hook or over the bend. You're tying in the the hair with the tips facing over the eye, tying it, tying a dam of thread there, advancing your thread forward, and pushing all those tips backwards. And you're wanting to control as you as you start to tie closer to the eye of the hook. You're wanting to control the flare that creates the taper of the body. So that by that it means that the uh, by when you push it back with your your, your dam thread with your, with your thread or the dam of thread if you like, when you're pushing it back, your, your your thread encroaches on that on that bunch of bucktail less and less and opens it up more and more as it heads towards the um, the eye of the hook. Um, so, what, so how do you get it past sort of ninety degrees and further? Like for someone who hasn't done it before. Uh, can you explain the same thing a different way? Okay, so the bucktail you're tying it in you know effectively 180 degrees to to where it would traditionally go okay yeah so that's so, that that's in in effect yeah well so what what you're describing there is in in, in effect the reverse tying you you're tying in right, a, re- yeah. a reverse way yeah and then i guess you could say you're reversing it back the other way so where the tips end up they're yeah. facing towards the rear of the hook all over yeah, the bend you, you control the um how much the flare is by by how tightly that um that you use the term dam of thread uh pushed against the um the hair right yeah well it is a dam of thread because ideally we're drifting off a bit of a tangent but it's fine um yeah um traditionally with hollow flies you you're you're using a, a dam of thread to, to 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 push the bucktail back as opposed to putting thread over the bucktail okay um putting your thread over the bucktail I mean, right at the start where you want to really close over taper. I mean, sure, what? Why not? You know. But I mean, as you start to bring it closer to the eye of the hook, all you want to do is to be able to push it back, and you want to be able to control the angle. Like the, I mean, okay. So let's say the hook shank is 90, 90 degrees. You you want I don't know what it end up being, but you you'd want it up eventually to be tapering more and more and more by the time it gets up to the eye of the hook to be sort of around forty five degrees. And if you got quality bucktail. Uh, or bucktail that's been perfect, purposely selected for you from your retailer for for uh, hollow flies, you should yep. be able to tame that with water and and um, and let it dry overnight, and then it should get a nice taper when it's dry. Tip tip for beginners who are listening to this and want to um, you know show their flies off on Instagram. Don't put up a wet fly, guys. Just <laughs> you know, I mean, cool if you if you're just getting into it. I mean, sure, no one's going to badger you, but you know just you know try try and aspire to a nice dry fly and a picture of it and if you're not getting that you know um you know a bit of technique is, is all it takes just or a bit of practice because you can you can reverse tie with some pretty horrible bucktails i mean there's a limit to it of course but um 
I'll give you a tip with that, I suppose, which is not what the show is going to be about. But if you've got the stiffer your bucktail, the less hair you put in it. And like Bob Popovic says, you really need to trust the process, okay? So if it starts to look like you're too sparse and you're halfway along the fly, trust the process. You just wait till you get to the end, finish it, look at it. And once you finish and looked at it and wet it and dry the next day, and if it still looks not how you want it, well, then just take that as a lesson, you know? And then you can, you know what to start off with. But um, big cardinal sin in regards to hollow flies or any reverse tying or any bucktail, really, is um, using too much. Yeah, right here. So less yeah. is more. Yeah, less is more in a lot of lot of materials. You know, really, it is less is more is probably the one of the one of the top five golden rules of fly tying. Really, at the end of the day, unless you're talking about Dalbergs, and then it's you get as much as you can on and make a Mister Tomato face like you give him birth, pack it on, <laughs> <laughs> get a heap on there. You know, it's um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, okay, so we've got a let's say we've we've we've, we've mastered the hollow fly. Um, yeah, sorry. Yep. <laughs> let's say we've mastered the hollow fly and we've got a got a nice fly that's got now that we understand that it's pre-stressed bucktail so it's wanting to go forward but you've got a damn thread that's pushing it back so it's under stress and that's what keeps the shape that's what that's what keeps the shape under the water that's what gives it its action because the pre-stressed bucktail is 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 acting in the water and uh you know like without that damn thread it'd want to naturally lay forward so it's always going to be springing against the uh, springing against the water as it takes that path of least resistance. The worst thing you'd want to do is dampen that action by by whacking and gluing on like um, some some of those 3D eyes and just whacking heap of glue over it because as we've learnt there, like it's not going to last very long if it doesn't have sufficient adhesive under it. All that leading edge isn't isn't um, isn't covered up. You know, we're going to have a fly that pulls to one side or it's going to do stupid stuff if it's not got a nice even flow of water over that front edge, right? So that makes sense, right? Yep, makes sense. So, so the, the 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 best thing to do to maintain um, or, or to not ruin the hard work you've done leading up to that point is to put something nice and soft on it that's going to go with the flow, that's going to work with that with that um, with that bucktail and 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 be quite fluid in the water and and do all that sort of stuff. And jungle cock is um, is a great is a really good product for that. I really can't think of anything else that. Um, that is as good as that. Um, there are other flies you can use, which we'll get into in a, in probably next, uh, that you could use on a hollow fly because, um, you know, things like hollow flies really, really depend on the whole fly moving for the action. And, you know, um, you know the popularity of flat wings as well in recent times, like the, like the flies that Al, Al Simpson's doing, um, really, you know, crazy flies. Uh, I know there's there may be there may be some listeners in the in the United States listening to this who are into tying flat wings for stripers. I know striper season's coming up. Um, I got a lot of customers that are buying saddles and and bucktail. Oh, I don't know, I'm sold out of bucktails, but a lot of it was headed back over to the states. Like you guys are, are, are wildly into your fucking flat wings. All of a sudden, it's it's crazy, man. It's pretty cool. It's a great old school pattern. It's um shouldn't have been overlooked for as long as it has. But flat wings and bucktail and and bucktail deceivers and hollow flies. Bulkhead deceivers, all that sort of stuff, are a great fly. A great, maybe not bulkheads. We'll leave that out. But the rest of the ones I just listed are a great fly to use a jungle cock um, spade on. You know, so you got with jungle cock, you got spades and nails. Did you know that? No, tell me about those. Okay, so the spades, the spades are the are the part of the of the um, of the cape that don't have the uh, the pupil on it, if you like, or the the iris or. Um, yeah, like the bit that doesn't look like an eye. It doesn't have that nice golden ochre 
um, coloration on it. They've just got like a, a center line up the vein and they've just got like a silvery tips on the outside of the feathers there. Oh, um, so no jungle cock eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. No, no. They, they, the spades have no jungle cock eye. Yeah, correct. And you got and the nails are the other part. So, yeah. So the nails are what people would normally use for the eyes, and that's what you tie on. Uh -huh. I like to put I like to put them on raw. I tied a hollow once, and some dude was telling me that he liked to um he, he didn't understand why I co didn't coat it in resin first. I realized some people like to repair the jungle cock eyes, the splits, and put silicon over them or. Or, or what have you. Then Bob Poppick chimed in on my post there and said he likes to coat him in silicon. Um, I can, I mean, geez, Bob Poppick's to me the biggest lord in, in fly tying and my my biggest influence, but I still like to tie him on raw because I like them to move with the material, you know. But yeah, yeah. I think traditionally people like to, they're so expensive um, and they're so hard to get jungle cock capes that. Um, people like to look after them. There's a lot, lot, of, lot of people who tie them in traditional salmon flies and, and intruders and things like that that take jungle cock way more seriously than people who tie saltwater flies, you know? Um, yeah. And, and, I, and I get that. But for me, I tie saltwater flies for them and uh, I do appreciate them very much, but um, not enough to, to go around repairing splits to a, to a certain degree, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I just, I, when I use a jungle cock, fly i i like i really like the aesthetics of it as as from a traditional point of view but what i'm after is the durability of it for its ability to move with and not obstruct the the natural materials that i've used for the rest of the fly if you know sure. what i'm saying yeah uh, with jungle cock you can also get jungle cock substitute have you seen that i haven't had a close look of it but i'm aware of it um how close is this to the real thing not very i mean it looks yeah. it looks very similar but it's, it's plastic essentially like um well, gotcha. there's a, a market that's derived from jungle cock being hard to get and it's um and uh they've, they've got jungle cock substitute which is just a plastic eye really a plastic eye that, that looks like jungle cock and you know whatever floats your boat dudes whatever whatever you want to tie on like you know don't 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 let me tell you how to party but for me I don't see the point in uh, putting putting fake jungle cock on because it's plastic. It's not. It's going to do everything you everything you you need jungle cock not to do. Does that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sort of counterproductive, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, I think that's like yet another point in the conversation where you would encourage fly tires to understand the reasons why you would select certain products as opposed to just tying them on because they look aesthetically similar to a fly that you like the look of, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, therein lies the eternal struggle of fly tying for fly fishing or fly tying for fly tying, you know? So whichever whichever one you want to do, whichever one floats your boat, that is entirely up to you. But in, in my opinion, jungle cock substitute only looks like jungle cock. It doesn't act like it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, you see what I'm saying there. Not you would have, you would have seen other types of eyes on on hollows, wouldn't you, Volts? Before, um, you know what? I don't think I have. Well, you you may oh. have. You might be might be. A, yeah. Yeah, the the sort of like a, the foil eyes with a tab. Yeah, tab eyes. Yeah, tab eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so so tab eyes are um. Uh, another practical uh, um, uh, practical solution to the to the same problem, 
Yep. And that is that um, if you were to, to, excuse me, plaster on with glue a 3D eye or a flat eye on the bucktail, you would restrict all that movement that you've created uh, in all the hard work you've done to create all that movement, you know? So tab eyes are something you tie in um, on the thread at the at the behind the eye of the hook on your last tie-in and yep. it puts the eyes back far enough for them to be where they're meant to be without obstructing the uh, the materials. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. They sit they sit right, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a realistic uh, a realistic option for um for those who don't have jungle cock. I think it's a good option for people that don't have jungle cock. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, you I can tell you're busting the scenes for a joke here, right? No, no, no. Like what it, kind of what kind of fly tires wouldn't have jungle cock? You reckon? I don't know, mate. What would be worse, having no jungle cock or having fake jungle cock? <laughs> I don't know, mate. In this day and age, you can't really define people by any pronouns, you know. So we're just gonna, yeah. I don't know, mate. That, that's a joke gone begging. That I really think there's inappropriate for this show, and. Um, yeah, because we're we're so highbrow that I, I really don't want to launch that off, mate. You know, I really well, thought I thought you might have. There's some there's there's legitimate choices for for everybody. You know, on the on the um the the cock continuum. You know, so you can have you can have your tab eyes. You can have your your faux jungle cock. You can have the real jungle cock if you can source it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. and then within within real jungle cock, there's uh. Was there pins and nails? Was there or something? Spades and nails. Spades and nails. Yeah. So yeah. So the nails are what everyone's after, and they're, they're the nails are what gets graded into. Yeah, right. um, it's usually graded from A to triple A. You know, there's no real B. You know, to a degree. Um, mm -hmm. uh, jungle cock's hard to get because it's it's on the CITES list, right? Um, do you not do you not know the acronym stands for Vols? <sighs> Sorry to put you on the spot there. Um, I can't remember I just, what the C is. It might be Committee for the International Trade of Endangered Species. I think you might be right. I'm Googling it myself. I don't know what it is either. I was literally asking you. It, um, yeah. I tell you what, I had um, I had a dude. Hang on, I'll tell you. Yes, yes. Okay, so it stands for the Convention of International Trade in Endangered Species in Wildlife, Fauna and Flora. Right, yeah. That wasn't too far yeah. wrong. Convention. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I had this... Um, I had this dude from India send me some, email me some pictures of, of jungle cock capes, beautiful looking capes, you know, like I'm talking, he wanted, he had 20 of them and he wanted 800 bucks for them. I'm like, okay, that's, that's a great deal. Um, I, and I, I contacted him. I'm like, okay, look, I really want to, I really want to buy these, happy to buy them, but do you have a, um, a CITES certificate to accompany these? And he's like, oh no, I don't have one, but you just trust me, sir. I will send a fumigation certificate with it in an envelope and it will get past your customs 100%. I'm like, there's some pretty big assumptions there. Like, A, like I've never imported before and B, like the customs are going to like take take a fumigation certificate over a site certificate. Yeah. <laughs> and he tried all these techniques. Like, he's like, sir, you must hurry up. I have another buyer that's interested. I'm like, oh, God. What a... It, it, he's going to up me the steak knives soon. But... um. Oh. <laughs> I mean, this is the. I guess this is the reason why. Like, this is pretty brazen for. Um, he, oh, that's what he says to me. I, I went to the trouble. I went down a rabbit hole. I, I went. I was. I. I googled ciders the other day and searched for, grey jungle fowl, which is jungle cock, and um, it's native to India, mm. and um, 
So I pulled up a, a, a search for it for him. I, I created a PDF. I sent it to him. I sent him a link to the CITES website. And I said, look, man, this is what I'm talking about. If you can get this CITES certificate through for your, for your case that you sell there, I will sell many of them. I, I'll be able to sell them wherever. Not a problem at all. Happy to buy them. Um, and he comes back and he goes, no, sir, you are wrong. And uh, I can't, uh, the reason I can't find Jungle Cock on the CITES list is because these are wild birds. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> it kind of really really it's really lifting over so I, and i'm like Man, i just can't spend any more time with this dude this is just a massive rabbit hole but this is the reason why i guess sizes are there could you imagine if there was no uh in endangered species list of trade available how much these birds would just be decimated being native to a very small area yeah yeah by yeah, just encouraging that trade by by dealing with this this gentleman would um, would endanger the birds. Yeah, absolutely. Apparently, they're they're very very hard to grow in captivity. You know, I I, I believe that farming efforts have not been very productive around the world. Um, I believe that there is a farm in the UK that struggles very hard very much to keep up. Um, you can Google it. If you Google jungle cock, cock, this farm comes up pretty quickly, and and they do say on their website, you know, like, uh, you know, don't bother asking. But essentially, um, there's uh, the the one of the guys I used to get. He this guy closed down pre uh, pre COVID. I've since mm. found another supply for my saddles, but um, I was getting saddles off this tiny little farm in um, in Maine, and he started to bring in jungle cock, and he had the birds there, the fowls, and he gave them their own shook house and all that sort of stuff um and uh they just they just didn't survive they just couldn't handle the climate you just couldn't couldn't do it even though he gave them uh acclimated quarters if you like like a, a, their own building that's been acclimated they they won't stay in there they they just don't they don't live they just they're just too hard to to farm so they're a, they're a rare commodity I, I believe that there are people that are farming them to a degree i don't know who the hell they are they're, they're obviously operating a secret or they get completely inundated i'd imagine Super popular around the world. A lot of people want jungle cock, not only for um, hollow flies, but uh, you know a lot of flies could use them. Definitely, you know a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, steelhead flies, intruders, and all those salmon flies. Um, yeah, you know traditional flies. I mean, yeah, they're not they're, in, they're in use jungle cock for those. No, yeah. no, it's very, very, very common. That's for sure. But um, us us meathead saltwater fishermen uh, find them great for eyes as well. They're good. Yeah, I got I got given um, some surf candies. I don't know, geez, mid two thousands from a, a friend of mine from Japan, and the, and there, these were surf candies made with um, uh, bucktail with um, with jungle cock eyes on, like the tiny tiny little nails. It looked awesome, eh? It looked pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah right. so I thought that was pretty cool. I think that's a. Uh, I've seen a couple of guys recently on 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 Instagram and stuff that have tied them up with tied surf candies with jungle cock eyes in. Unfortunately, some of those guys I never see get a fly wet, but it still looks cool. Yeah, yeah, those um, feather inlays in in resin, whether it's on a rod or within a surf candy, it does look cool. Yeah, that's the other thing you see jungle cock in, in resin inlays, don't you? On rods too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's a it's a good it's a definitely a good product, but unfortunately, it's never it's never going to come back to where it was. I, I sell it in the shop occasionally. I'll 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 be out of fluke getting some capes, but Hard mm. to get, that's for sure. They move yep. quick as soon as they come in. Yeah. 
Mm. Oh, well, I bet they do. Particularly legitimately sourced ones. They'd be rare as hen's teeth. <laughs> rare as cock's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so many jokes going begging. Oh, I'm glad we're not going there on all of them. I'm yeah. so glad that we're taking the high road here, mate. Yeah. Did we just grow up? <laughs> Did we? I don't think so. I don't think it's possible, dude. No, I hope not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nah, man, we can't. We can't do that. We, we, we owe to the listeners not to grow up. I'll tell you what. We should do a Patreon episode one day all about Jungle Clock and bring up every joke that we can think of. <laughs> just by a show of hands, who'd pay for that? Wow. <laughs> Everyone in the studio just put their hand up. Isn't that amazing? Just a little Insta story with a poll on it. Would you would you contribute to a Patreon on Jungle Cock? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I was I was looking to put a poll up in regards to the, the, the scent thing. Don't talk about the war. That would have been ideal, wouldn't it, to do, it, to do that on uh, Instagram stories? Mate, I'm, yeah. It would Not have been. Not going to. Would have been at the time. You're like no, peeling back the band-aid or ripping the scab, so to speak. We could yeah. we could start a poll whether you whether you're into the South African rudder though. <laughs> that's, that's so rough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on your partner, really, isn't it? How rough it could oh, be. Dude, dude. <laughs> I think if you made eye contact, that's when things could get rough. You know, things could get. <laughs> Things would get like I mean not so much rough at the time, but when you got back to the boat ramp and you tied the boat on, it's time to sort of say goodbye. That goodbye is <laughs> gonna be an awkward one, eh? <laughs> I mean, are we gonna those talk little, about this, bro? You know? Yeah, like, those yeah. awkward little conversations. This yeah. anti nobody hears about this, you know. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> spoken to, to Mike since um the time <laughs> on the boat that we did the South African rudder. And uh you know, I, I didn't have a problem with it, but clearly it rattled Mike. You know? Oh, dude. <laughs> I've got a mate in South Africa. His name's Mike, and I reckon he'd be the last person to to rudder on or to send or anything. So, well, yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, Mike's a common name, and I just picked yeah. a name out of the air. And and Mike, I don't care who you who you South African rudder man. Like, just you know, whatever you want, man. Not a problem. <laughs> Next time you make jokes about people getting seasick, maybe you should consider that, hey? <laughs> You've a long memory, haven't you? Yeah, I've got thick skin too. It's all good, Mike. Relax, hey? Don't, don't go shooting the staff. <laughs> yes. Savagery, mate. Can we talk about dumbbell eyes? Can we drift yes. onto that? Yes, yes let's can. get on dumbbells. Right, you must have some input into dumbbells, right? I mean, I mean, look at yeah. you. You clearly use them, right? <laughs> I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got dumb dumbbell uh, generally used for obviously sinking flies, but were they developed specifically for the clouser originally, or did they I don't know. exist? Yeah, I don't know. Don't, don't know. know. I don't know, yeah. man. They were around. They were around when I started flight time. I don't know that. Yeah, know them at all. Yeah, no, it's sort of weird because they're not like like B chain was obviously already exi in existence and was borrowed from another industry for flight time, but actual dumbbells are purpose built. They're not re you know repurposed from from some something else. The um, other industry you're talking about? Are you talking about banks? 
speed chain. Yeah. From all the pens at the um at where you write the deposit slips. Oh out, so. yeah, yeah. No, there the, might be actually. I thought I was thinking more in lines of the um you know the Venetian blind type uh, industry or something like that. Well, they're plastic. They're, they're poor man's mono eyes, man. Those yeah, things. right. Yep. I love it how you like you put up a toe with mono eyes on there, and then someone was like, ah, I wouldn't go spend your money on fucking them. Like just go to Spotlight. Yes. That's two meters of uh, of Venetian blind oh. cord. Ah, you got flies for days, mate. <laughs> Gotta love a spotlight hero, haven't you? Oh man. Yeah, particularly one whose brother in law owns a fly shop, you know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. that? Do you remember that for long time listeners? Do you remember the time the, 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 the cap, Captain Aggressive Head started telling us how good Spotlight was when he's compared with someone who owns a fly shop and his brother in law owns a fly shop as well? What yeah. a fucking champion. G'day Andy, how oh was I meant to mention his name? I like to shout him out when we talk about it. I don't want him to feel ostracized. No. So Just by um, using the word ostracized, might have ostracized him. Yeah, it's it's still a, um, yeah, it's a sore point. You, got so, people, man. you can look up ostracized. Starts with a note. It's a religious ceremony. Suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pagan ceremony, yeah. <laughs> it's done with scissors and a small finch. <laughs> and a baby ostrich. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> getting back, getting back to dumbbells. The dumbbells. In China. So yeah, what, what are they made of, mate? We've got lead, we've got tungsten, well, we've got brass. Yep. Um, those tungsten ones, I, I love the idea. Aluminium of, as well. Aluminium, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The aluminium, um, depending on what country you're from. Yep. I've even seen dumbbells that were all plastic with the um, with the 3D eye on each end. Yes, I've got some right here. Uh, yeah, right. Fishian make them, I believe. Yeah, South right. African company, by the way, too. Home of the rudder. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to those spring box. Wonder what goes on in those change rooms there oh, with man. so many rudders. Go to Urban Dictionary now just to find out. Make what? sure we haven't. Um, the, the, are you, what are you looking for at Urban Dictionary? South African rudder. Yeah. I don't think I'm not sure it exists, man. Fish, 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 boy, three, two, one, is a legitimate source. Well, for starters, I take him seriously because he doesn't like you at all. And second of all, you know he's got a couple of fish on his page, which is more than I can say for some big name fly ties. I take him seriously. <laughs> hey, dude, look, you know, I say what I want on this show, and if those guys don't like it, catch you on, mate. Yeah. Feel free to DM me about how to start your own podcast. Happy to give you the information. No big deal. Mm-hmm. There's enough room for all of us. Did I say all of us? <laughs> all, all of us. All of us. Yeah. Yes. I, um, Did you find it? it? it yeah, it's all legitimate stuff, mate. There's no... Yeah, it's all about sense. No mm-hmm. mm. yeah. We'll be after this show, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be. That, we should make our own. <laughs> we should make our own urban dictionary entry about that. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be uh, appropriate. Oh, oh. Um, there is. I'm just. Yeah, there is something here. It's not South African rudder. There is African rudder, Dutch rudder, muddy rudder, double Dutch. All right. That looks. Let's just leave that. Everyone can find that for themselves. Hey. Yeah. So time. D- dumbbell eyes, mate. The tungsten ones are—they're they're the heaviest. We've got the highest specific gravity in. in specific, uh, yeah, they do. They've they got—they got the. They got the 
and the most weight for the least amount of real estate. Yeah, that's the one. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so and uh, they're the heaviest, heaviest by mass, if you want to put it another way. So, yeah, a, cu a cubic foot or a cubic, say, a cubic centimeter of tungsten is going to weigh a lot more than a cubic centimeter of lead. Yeah, that's right. So, so if you're looking for, uh, and obviously a lot, a lot more than say something like aluminium. So, if you're looking for uh, uh, in your fly design to have minimalist so eye size uh, for whatever reason, and you want to get that thing to sink fast. Uh, tungsten would be obviously the the end of the scale for your consideration, as opposed to having something that might look like uh, a fucking watch battery uh, in the eyes, like an aluminium. You know, like having yeah. something too big. You know. Yep. Yep. Like a coin battery or something. <laughs> some some like one of those batteries you like to offer to kids at the park, right? Those tungsten eyes are um, quite often off-centered too. They um, they're the the middle of the dumbbell, for want of a better word, not really in the middle. Correct. Like, yeah. Yeah. So the uh, they're they offset. So it's um, uh, how would you describe that for people who don't know what the fuck we're talking about? Just get some and look at it, you know, but yeah. and you'll see what we mean. What are they useful for, Chris? They're useful for uh, tying flies, Jeff. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> they're just any like it like uh like okay for example uh flexos you know something like that where you want to um you know you need to get a lot of weight in there but you've got a tube to fit over it you know they can sometimes be restrictive although that tube's pretty forgiving um yeah. uh by the way i got it for seven dollars a meter at beast brushes for anyone who wants some good flexo tubing without paying through the fucking nose and chenille for five dollars a bag anyway the tungsten um the, the tungsten um obviously in that circumstance will enable you to be able to um you know you have a lot of weight without a lot of mass on the hook right so it's small so another example is obviously dan ivanov's wormfly is a great a great use of tungsten eyes with that so he's got a um he's got a, his principle for his his wormfly is that he wants that fly to land in the sedimenty or very silty sort of uh, bottom and mm. bury itself without nothing else but the bend of the hook and the chenille poking out gotcha. okay Right. Yeah. And and he also, what he wants that fly to do is he's he's worked out that that fly he wants it to he wants to be able to strip that fly um, really aggressively and create a big puff of dust. So obviously something that's that's small or smaller in in uh, in um, uh, wouldn't be in volume is not the word I'm looking for, but uh, something that's smaller in dimensions. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. uh, which which would encapsulate volume. But if you know, what I mean, something that's physically smaller is gonna is gonna sink more into that sediment than something that's physically larger yes. but you're going to have the same weight as something that that's um physically larger i don't know if that's what you mean but um you're saying yeah. a um difference between a um ton of feathers and a ton of lead for example yeah yeah, yeah. i got a i got a i got a um a brain brain bender for you mate that um i uh, uh i developed at a younger age right yeah what would float to the bottom faster, right? A uh, a dead fish or or a or a lead weight wouldn't float to the bottom. You sink to the bottom. God, you're quick. You're like you're just quick as a whip. Vaults. I tell you, I couldn't get that past you. Know how many people I've fooled with that over the years? Don't know, man. Two. Two, two people, yeah. man. Two idiots. No, I'm like a lot of people actually. <laughs> a lot of people, man. It's um. A lot of people are like, uh, you, you got to say, I think I didn't, I probably said it more clearly than I should have. You got to say, hey, dude, uh, what floats the bottom faster? And you got to really emphasize a big chunk of lead or a yeah. 
dead fish that just sailing all the way to the bottom, you know? And they go, oh, I don't know. Some people, some people actually say the dead fish. I'm like, you idiot. And um, <laughs> even that's the wrong answer, the wrongest answer you can have, you know? <laughs> but as you said, nothing floats to the bottom. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like saying that electric trains going north at a million miles an hour and the winds going south at 68 miles an hour. Which direction is the smoke going? Straight up. Is it? You sure? I don't know. Well, an electric train, in fact, has no smoke. Ah. <laughs> You did better that time, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I, I couldn't. I was, go, I had about ten to go until I got you. But um, I'm happy, happy to rest on that uh, one. Oh yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Dunno. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, man. Nice. Thanks, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. I didn't make that one up though, so I can't yeah. take full credit for that. Yeah. yeah. Good one, man. Nice. Yeah. Um. So getting back to the dumbbell eyes. Dumbbells. How do you yeah. time on, mate? I see quite often a lot of beginners Ooh. fly tires have an issue where they tie them down, they lash them down, but they still spin. One what of the pro um, tips do you have, mate? <laughs> one of the uh, one of the episodes we've done, um, you know, I've I've listened to, and one of the things that stands out to me is on one episode trying to describe the best way to lash down your dumbbell eyes. The way okay. I described it, I wasn't very satisfied with, and I'm not sure. I'm going to be able to do, that, do this again properly. Like no, I haven't. Like, I was. I thought I'd never bring it up again, and then pro- and then boom. Probably right best. off the back of getting you that brain teaser, you've hit mm. me with this. Thanks, Volts. Best left uh, to a video. Could you do call it? That, call that evens. Do a video on Beast Brushes Instagram page. Oh, you 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 you're making me. Uh, I could be talking about something that's upcoming, but I won't. I might leave it till I'm ready to launch that stuff. But um, yeah, yeah okay. potentially. Let's call it commercially in confidence. IP and move on. Uh, well, it's not really IP. I mean, I got I got taught this, and I just do it the same way. But let me try, okay? All right. Yep. Um, what I do, which I, I I don't, you know, you see people build those two bumps of thread, you know, like and they sit their eye in between that. Why? I don't do that either. I think that's I think that's just um that's just uh dumb, uh, right. dumbbell. Get it? No. <laughs> uh. I'm here all week. Yeah, and uh, um. <laughs> It would be yeah. Um, so what I do is I just I just put it on and I this is what I don't know how to describe. Like so I lash it like an X and but mm-hmm. I do and then I lash it like a figure eight. Fuck, I think I've done it. I think that's pretty much how it's done. But um but what I do is I do four four in one direction, uh, four figure eights, four four crossovers, and then I but I do three sets of each. That's what I do. So I do it alternatively like that. So I don't just do all figure eights and then all X's, you know? Yep. I just I do I do four X's, four figure eights, four X's, four figure eights, four, and I do four of them. I say you know, well, yeah, until right. until uh, it depends on the brand of dumbbells. You know, like some brand of dumbbells you can't build up too much in between there because if you're going to put bucktail mm-hmm. over it like in a clouser, mm-hmm. you um the clouds the bucktail will actually sit higher than the outside edge of those eyes, and when that happens and it rubs along the bottom, that bucktail can break and it's it's ugly. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yucky poo. And um, so yeah, I don't do that. But yeah, I, do you just stick them down, make, mate. Uh, I don't. I well, I do, but I don't do it there. What I what I do there is uh, after that is I just I use um, like a Raid Zap Super Thin, and um, mm-hmm. and I just use that needle applicator, and I, I put it all the way around it, and I just I just I just um fix it down that way. Now I don't I don't use I don't use uh a UV glue UV resin as an adhesive. 
okay so i don't really glue it down i guess technically what i'm doing is just sealing it if you like you know yep. yeah giving it some sort of rigidity you know so it's um uh, because yeah sometimes you know like you know uh i don't know I, I don't know do you glue it down i have it various times yeah 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 so you know like it's um are you using 210 flat wax when you do this as well At one point, is is one twenty? Yeah, one twenty is a denier. Yep. Yeah, I think I'm using that. I'd, which one's thinner? One twenty. Yeah, I recently on on Andy Bolter's advice, I went to a thinner denier one. So that, he'd be advising you one forty. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'd be, he he so he would because he's advised me the same shit, and I quickly ignored him. You know, at um, because um, he's very aggressive. You know, when he goes yeah. about this stuff. Uh, have you ever had it like you know, like you'd be looking at your phone, then um, like because Andy's picture when he when he rings you is just a, like it's just his face, it's just the eyes, nose, and mouth, and it's just a frown. It's not the outside of his head or anything like that. It really puts you back in your chair every time he rings when it comes yeah, up on yeah. my phone. You don't want to put it next to your head. No, no, no way in the world. Yeah. No, keep you awake for days. Yeah, um, yeah it definitely turn you off South African riders. That's for sure. You know, <laughs> but but, <laughs> but anywho. Fuck, what were we saying, Volts? Charlie's one of blank. What a professional podcaster. Sticking down. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 No, the thread. So, yeah. Vol um, so he ties your VGDCs cleverly with the one, 140 Denier UTC thread. Mm. And um, that's what he uses. And man, what a massive fucking difference. Because he ties a pretty neat VGDC, eh? Andy's a, um, we, we joke about about his aggressive head, but Andy's <laughs> one of the, the neatest and um, actually rate him as a very innovative fly tire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and when he when he talks fly tying like yourself, I shut up and listen. Yeah. When Andy talks fly tying, um, I, I listen and then I quickly just no, I don't. I, me and Andy have many many long talks about fly tying, you know, and it's uh, and yeah. it, it does it does get pretty technical, you know. Andy does like the technical side of things, but yeah, it's only, only so much you can do. Learn from um, the brain food that Carpro provides, you know. <laughs> He's um. Yeah, that's why we've got issues with guys like Scott Gorman as well. You know, just from um, from way too much carp row. Guys like that, you know, they they're yeah. really sort of muddying the gene pool. Oh, you get a other uh, environment. Yeah, there's there's I think they're very rich in omega threes and sixes. Yeah, some eights as well. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah they can lead to an overdevelopment of the frontal lobe. Yeah, and, uh, and you know excessive intelligence that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, the frontal, yeah. the pre pre uh, prefrontal cortex as well is often inflamed through that yeah. much um, omega nine acids. You know, that's only only seen in um, in Australian carp species, and yeah. particularly in high high levels in the row, and even more so when it's consumed bankside. Um, yeah. So th these are the issues. But uh, I mean, probably enough that you can get a thiamine deficiency from an overabundance of uh, eating uh, cyprins, which is the, the family of fish uh, that carp a part of yeah well wow. are they catadromous by any chance no they're all uh fresh adromous <laughs> fresh adromous you say that's that's amazing yeah so yeah incredible incredible we've you know, drifted things, off here. the yeah, things yeah, people so learn on this podcast we, we, we really are a wealth of, of knowledge you know i got all that from amos man you know yeah i've been yep. google scholaring everything you know yeah yeah yep. yeah yeah well no, that's true um, Andy gave us a bit of feedback on that podcast too. He said he um, he he tele telepathically uh, transmits 
his signals to and from carp and can keep a census of the carp in his creek. So it's like him. It's like him keeping an eye on what's in the cupboard. He told me, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, just like a, a food census. Yeah, yeah. R- River meat diaries. I think he calls it. <laughs> River meat diaries. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, yeah man. Um. So anyway, getting back to dumbbells. Uh, yeah, that's how I tie them on. That's how we. That's how we use. And that's the reason we would use them is to vary the weights. Um. But I should say this. You know, with all weights. You know, like uh. I mean, people can do whatever they want, but I, I speak to um, uh, a friend of mine, Josh Sullivan. I know you're probably listening to this, and um, and like I'm not trying to signal you out when I say this, but I'm just reiterating with you, dude. Get yourself a fucking fast sink line for those bass, dude. Stop trying to fucking sink that thing down with those flies, because I think sinking your fly down and using the weight on your fly to pull your fly down with, with a floating line is is a poor poor move. Uh, not so much a poor. Well, it is a poor move if you can't afford another line, but that's not what I mean. But, um, and Josh, we know you can fucking afford it, mate. You estimators make bank, let's face it. Um, anyway. <laughs> Josh, <no. laughs> Yeah, anyway. Anyway, uh, yeah, some people will choose to use lead weights to, to, to sink right. or to bomb their fly down. And I think mm-hmm. it's okay if you want that bomb action, you know, but if you're swinging, we've talked about this before, haven't we? Uh, we might have talked about this in the fly. We talked about it in Flathead special. Um, yeah, we did. Yep. You know, and, and when I, I indicated a preference for, uh, you know, fairly heavy clouds on a floating line, but it's still not deep water. It, you know, it's to, to get an, an almost a, a slightly more vertical uh, rise. You cre- yeah, you're creating an action. Yeah. 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 It, it, the intention is for the action, not to get it to a certain depth. Yeah, that's right. Right? Yeah. yeah. And that's why clouds are such a, uh, like clouds with the with dumbbell weights of various sizes are, are such a good tuna fly too, because they never stop moving. Yeah. They you don't know? ever stop moving, yeah. Yeah, and that's Good, um, you know that's they're either they're either escaping to the surface or diving for the bottom. Yep, you know, and, and a predatory fish like a tuna has got to make a decision. You know, so exactly. do I let it get away or do I eat it? Survive. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, some yeah. fish. It's definitely it's definitely a, uh, a feather to have in your cap. I mean, Bob Popovic's tied the jiggy flies with the with the tungsten cone at the front. I think he's got. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, sorry. It might have been a brass cone back then when he made jiggy. It was flies, a brass but... cone, and it was on a uh, on a penback style hook, wasn't it? Yep, yep, that's true. Yeah, yeah it was too. But um, but it also now um, Bob Popovic has put his name to some brand that's coming out with with tungsten um, jiggy uh, jiggy caps with eyes on the side of them as well as well. So that would be um that would be a pretty dynamite fucking surf candy action. Excuse me, actually, I reckon for for tuna, particularly particularly around here, seeing they're going off so much, you know. Mm. Um, Excellent. Yeah, just about walk across their backs right now, Vols. Did you know that? I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'll stick to bar- a brim. Um, yeah, so look, I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to sort of cover things past that. I mean, everyone knows what a fucking clouser is. Oh, I'll tell you what another reason why you would use um, um, the dumbbell eyes in is, is keeling. You know, you can sometimes tie them on the bend of the hook on the, and um, tie them on the bend if you don't have any tungsten or, or lead wrap. You can tie them on where you would use it for game changers to kill game changers or even deer hair flies to have them flip over. So that's a situation where you would you would use it uh, and hide it, and it wouldn't be as used as like up the front of the hook like it would be for, um, you know, a half and half or a clouser or, or what have you or, or a shrimp fly. Baited, like a baited breath has got them down on the bend as well. Same with a squimp. Yeah. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So like... Um, uh, you know, as close as possible to the balance point of that hook. Do you yeah. find? Um, do you find? 
how do I say this? We're moving, moving the, um, moving that weight further back towards the eye of the hook. Um, you're relying on, uh, you know, more hydrodynamic forces to flip the fly over. I think there's a lot more that flips a flyover than just just weight, you know. And yep. uh, th this could be a whole tangent, but I mean, the, the drag and materials is that as the fly sinks can flip a flyover, um, no matter how much weight you've got. Buoyancy can flip a flyover. Again, no matter how much weight you've got there, weight isn't the be all end all. I think where you position the the the, the dumbbell eyes on the shank. If you look at Bob Clouser, He likes to put his his eyes, his lead eyes, or dumbbell brass, whatever dumbbell eyes much further away from the eye of the hook than, than, than I like to do. Not not that I'm like fuck far from right compared to Bob Clouser. I mean the dude's a fucking legend, you know, but um but he would put it there and I'm sure he would be able to explain the reason why he does. It's not aesthetics, it's not what I just do. It's because, you know, like that I would wager that, that fly would sink at a more level a level look, you know, as opposed to diving head first. Can I uh, ask, is is that a um is that your traditional style Clouser with the underwing you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So you'd yep. presumably have less of the, um, or you'd need more. How do I say this? If you wanted the fly to sink hook point up, and you've got buoyant material on the bottom of the fly, you're going to need it. You know that that hook further back towards the balance point of the the fly. Uh well, I mean the balance point. Which way? You know, from from flipping well, on its axis or hook up? Yeah. So keep, from flipping, flipping on. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think it'd matter. I think you could have the the dumbbells on the bend, on the end of the shank, or up near the eye. Like it's still, it would still, without any materials tied on it. And if the if the if the weight of the eyes was heavier than the weight from where the bend of the hook bends around to the point, you know what I mean? Uh, like the the axis being the straight shank, if you know what I'm saying, because that's where it'll flip on. Like it'll flip on its axis there. It'll spin around while the shank stays straight. Am I making sense? Yeah. So if you've got a pen, like right, and like, and you've got the clip that clips onto your shirt or something like that, and and you just spun it around in your fingers, that's that's the pen flip uh, spinning around on its axis, right? You're not you're not it's not flipping around end on end, but if you um if you like you get a hook and you grab it by the eye and you just twist it like you got it riding hook point up like you would a clouser and you spin it in your fingers and you spin it so the the bend of the hook is facing downwards, that's the hook spinning around on its axis and that axis being the shank of the hook. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, yeah. If well, say you got that hook and you balanced it on your on your finger, right? It it set hook point down. Oh, well, that's the other way. So like it's uh, you're, yeah. Okay, so I see. So I'm talking about it spinning around, like um, from hook point up to hook point down. You're talking about it spinning, um, flipping. So it sinks bend first and flips the whole whole fly down. So it's so you're talking about so it plummets. Yeah. Bend first. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. It's, it's probably one of those things best demonstrated by video. I'm saying if so to counteract the 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 gravity, like gravity's effect on the on the bend of the hook, um, the the counteraction is most efficient um, usually at a point around directly down on the shank from the from the hook point, or, or even further back, depending on how the the shape of the bend is, right? So. And the further you go towards the hook eye, the less you you can rely on on that weight to counteract because it's it's not directly opposite the um, the you know the whatever you call that the weight of the um, the weight of the uh, the bend of the hook. 
Well, okay. I, I'm trying to understand what you say, but this is why I was sort of um, creating a datum, if you like, in saying which way are we saying that the hook is spinning? Is it spinning around on its on itself? So, like the it, like the shank of the hook is turning, or is it going the other way? Like, you know, flipping flipping eye over eye of the hook over bend, or or the other way around. Well, the only way it spins on a shank, dude. Yeah. There's, there's no. There's two ways it can spin. It could it could spin by just like if if you. Oh god, this is becoming a fly. So if if you know, you could like a, you know, like a, a true rotary vice, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And like and like you grab you grab the hook by the bend of the thing and you spin the vice around. That's spinning on its axis, and the axis being like the bit the bit that's the axis being the shank of the hook. So it's spinning. So it's like the bend of the hook is moving around the axis, and the axis being that that the shank of the hook, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's one way. If I if I grab pull that hook out of the vice. And grab it with pliers in the middle of the shank, and then tip the eye forward. I could keep spinning that thing. It could keep going ass over tit. You know, that's the other way it could spin. Yeah, but would that happen in a real world situation? Because the lead well, no, that's why I'm trying to establish like a datum and, and say which way you're saying it's, it's spinning. Because I mean, we're talking about along um, the axis of the shanks. What I'm referring to, yeah. Okay, well, I don't think where you put it along there would make a pinch of shit difference, man. Because it's fixed. It's not flexible. It's not. It's not doing anything, you know. Like otherwise, it's um, it's just going to matter. All it's going to matter is um, is if it's truly on the underneath, or the you know the, the you know like as if it was like true south on a compass, or or um. But it, it essentially, if you've got a if you've got a hook, you drop it in the water. It's not going to sink to the bottom, um, hook point up. It's going to want to flip over and sink hook point first, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So the way that we, if you again going to use a bare hook with no leader. And you would tie a, a set of dumbbell eyes on it, on the uh, on the opposite side to the bend, and then throw it in the water. If if the uh, the weight of those eyes is heavier than the bend of the hook, it's going to sink hook point up. Right? That makes sense too, right? Yeah. Okay. So what you're proposing is that where you tie that dumbbell eyes along the shank of the hook, um, that will affect the uh, the um, it, that's going to affect the 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 um the ability like uh, how much how much leverage I suppose is going to be on that, that leverage in the right word. You're going to tell me that that, that weight of the hook is going that eyes is going to be more effective closer to the eye of the hook as opposed to closer to the bend of the hook. Is that what you're saying? No, no, I'm saying closer to the bend of the hook. So yeah, okay, but you're saying one or the other. So it's where you position along the shank of the hook is going to have more or less effect on the ability for that hook to spin over. Yeah, I disagree. Oh, cool. I was just—that was what I was asking. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a fair enough question. I, I wanted to understand it completely because I think for those who are playing along at home, they're probably like, "Listen to these fucking idiots, man." You know, but um, <laughs> but we got there in the end, and I think it's important for people who are like the ten percent that are going, "Yeah, I want to find out what happens with this too." But we just needed to be on the same page, and we got there. And I'm proud of us, folks. I'm proud of us, <laughs> mate. Because like this level of communication can throw people, you know, and. And we've had it in our past, you know. We've had people that have gone, you know what? Fuck this, and they've hung up and they've gone. You know, we don't play those shows, <laughs> but we got through there, man. That that's testament to our relationship, dude. You know, like it's um, we got a we got a great chemistry on this show, and I think we owe the Australian public <laughs> that level of communication. See how it was done, folks. There's no yelling. Yeah, no one yeah. hash. No one hashtagged them. No one. No one stalked the other person or blocked the other person, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a real, real, uh, 
Yeah, I don't want to be I got, any... I got blocked by one of your haters once, eh? Had nothing oh. to do with the guy I got blocked. <laughs> I've, I've no doubt. I stir some emotions in some people for some reason. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. um like like Dave Bra- I spoke to Dave Bradley today and I, to quote Dave Bradley, if um, you know, some some princesses just can't handle the truth. Yeah. It's kind of kind of saying it like it is. It's uh even when you're being non confrontational, you might just say something that someone doesn't like to hear. Like um What's, what axis is that hook spinning on, Tiger? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, people aren't coming here just to listen about Fly's Eyes, really. Come on, let's face it. No. It's all about personal relationships. Yeah, yeah, mm. mate. Yeah. I'll so, tell yeah, you what, though. Yeah. <laughs> we're way off course. Yeah. So, but they, so Bob, but they expect that, mate. We're, we're yeah. in the intermediate line. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not the fast. Anyway, yeah. please continue, Volts. I've, I'm lost, man. I've I've lost the train. I think we've covered the dumbbell eyes, mate. All right, what other eyes are left? Oh, there's heaps of eyes left, man. Um, the 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 eyes for a DK dancer is is an interesting um, conundrum. Ooh. So they're t- usually a flat eye, a glow in the dark. I know Paul and uh, John Schofield prefer. Yeah. What? Um, and they're they're normally bent to the. Are they bent? Like, do they they sort of mould them to the shape of the head? Can do, depending on the on the size of the head and the way mm. that you the the fly tire sees the fly working. So the idea is to have as you know as ideally a pretty big oversized fly in relation to say, you know, what you use on a deceiver or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Paul's pretty specific with it, and I mean, I'm not sure if Paul has really articulated to me in the past the reason why it works rather than it just fucking works mate just use them like that you know yeah that's kind of what he talks to me like you know um, and that's cool i respect that you know um and uh but what he what he what he does tell me is like and I, I can pretty much say this verbatim i don't fucking know mate they just work john ties them like this and i would never use any other fly besides john's okay now what does john do you might be asking yourself well i'll tell you right so john gets like um John John Schofield uh, is is a very interesting fly tire. Talk about splitting hairs, man! Like the guy, um, the intricacy and the and the level of detail that seems to go into his flies and his fly design and the thought process in it would have a lot of people thinking, why? You know, like I'm I like to get super detailed with with my fly design as well. I like to understand things to the nth degree so I can innovate and and stay within the rules of physics for lack of a better term um you know back when i was a hydrodynamicist um we like uh-huh. to we like to hypothesize these things but like to come back to the properties of the material so that we can make the fly do what we want it to do under the water yeah. gotta understand this shit. so i don't i've never spoken to um to john about that hour 47 and um uh it's just quicker for me to just say it there volts and texture back um yeah. uh, <laughs> um i've i've never um Never spoken to John in regards to it, just just Paul, and I'm not I'm not sure Paul understands, but I bet you John would understand this. But um, but what he does, is he gets a massive oversize, uh, you know, like say a, a 12 mil flat um, yeah. glow in the dark eye. It's got a I've seen the eyes; they've got a really small pupil on them. So he gets a, a drill a drill bit, like a 10 mil drill bit or something like that, and and puts black paint on, then stamps the round the butt end of the drill bit, like the flat end, not the bit that cuts, like the bit that goes into the drill chuck. Yeah. And, yeah. And then just puts that puts that on there. Then he uses um, a loon hardhead, or he might put the loon hardhead down first. He might use like an, a, a 12 mil drill bit and make a like an orange 
like iris first or pupil rather an orange pupil which makes a small iris around the pupil at the end because then he puts a, a smaller diameter drill bit of the black it makes it quite large so it's quite a large pupil with a with a an orange ring orange ring around it and yeah. then um and then he's got the, the glow in the dark um luminescent uh, material there as well i don't uh -huh. know if paul paul charges these things up first he yeah he does does he yeah i've fished with him and he's he's definitely you know sat down and lit them up yeah yeah right okay taking because time out of fishing to light them up yeah yeah without access to light like glow in the dark's not going to do anything you know i mean it will mm. probably try to scavenge whatever available lights there but um you know i would imagine that this would not be a naturally occurring um pro like a naturally occurring thing that barramundi would see in in the wild i wouldn't imagine there'd be too much phosphorescence either in, in in empowerments you know could be wrong i just never seen it myself have you no um trying to think if i've seen phosphorescence at night in an impoundment uh i feel like i might have but yeah, yeah. Uh, have you ever once actually do you have you ever had like i mean let me ask you this have you ever um eaten like say someone else's made at home mushroom sandwiches before fishing before you've seen this phosphorescence and have you ever fished with Dil dylan tomlinson <sighs> no no neither of those i'm Never, never had a mushroom sanger. Have you, have you ever seen rocks moving by themselves? <laughs> Troller bites or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. like the same rocks that are on Frozen, right? <laughs> With hair. Yeah, yeah I, I think that when, <laughs> when you watch Frozen enough before you go fishing, occasionally you're going to see rocks that move, you know? It's just part and parcel of the movie. Anywho, yeah, like that's another that's another another circumstance where eyes are um, are a very very specific part of the, the fly design, really. And I, you know, apart from that, I, I really can't think of. Uh, I mean, we've covered a lot. I mean, like going right to the start, we talked about flashy profiles and the specific type of eyes for that and the reason why. Um, yeah, you know, surf candies are another one like that, which we didn't talk about too much. But the flat the flat stick on eyes for that, like when you see pictures of eyes that are. Um, uh, look like they're sort of sitting in the middle of the resin. It's it's because they've been put on. I mean, they're flat stick-on eyes. They're put on in between layers of resin. Okay. You can also tie them on with mono thread, and the mono thread gets lost. You know, if you're not tying on surf cans with mono thread, you, know, you might want to be revising your approach there. Um, oh, I should I should say that right back call back right back to the hollows. You know, mono. If you're learning hollow flies, mono thread is is definitely the best the best thread to to learn that with. It builds up much faster than flat wax nylon but if you're going to use flat wax nylon 210 down here don't go using andy's one 140 shit okay that um it's going to take you all day to tie a hollow fly um so yeah we've talked about that the dumbbells was was one of the most verbose subjects that we've um we've talked about we learned a lot in regards to dumbbell eyes um and also the feather eyes as well more <laughs> more about more on that subject than sort of meets the eye <laughs> excuse the pun god damn it man i don't know where this stuff comes from sometimes so just funny blows out and so uh, i got no idea where it comes from i, no I could idea. be channeling yeah. channeling an outer space entity i don't know yeah, it could be could be those mm. mushroom sangers yeah <laughs> yeah i mean I've, I've only ever had blue meanie sangers which i don't know what's in it but um yeah i'm guessing it could be something to do with that thanks dill by the way mm. yeah mm -hmm. um i mean I, I don't really have a lot more to add on that dude you know do you mm. Mate, I'm exhausted. 
Yeah. What about what about mono crab eyes? Oh. Do they play any other part other than aesthetics? Actually, I tie them. I tie them um, in my crabs a little bit off the um, off the plane of the carapace, like a little bit above them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, I can't tell you it made a difference, but. Um, yeah, I'd, for for a while there, I used to make a conscious effort to to bend the um, the stem of the mono and, and have them positioned, you know, just marginally, maybe a mill or two above the um, the body of the um, the crab. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. I, I was just thinking as you're saying that, do I you know, do I time? I don't really like tying crab flies too much, and I don't do a lot of them because I don't fish them. But um, yeah. but the times that I've done it, you know, I've brutalised so many crab flies. Um, in the past but i did learn something once about um using the mono eyes and you can really only do it with the single stem ones i couldn't imagine you could do this with the ones that are pre-attached which is the reason i don't i prefer to you know the single stem ones for this it, one of the problems with with crab crab flies particularly with feather claws is that um tying multiple hackle on there it's very hard to get them to sit on yes overlapping or or, or when you do your thread up to stop them from twisting around and yep. moving moving around and stuff mm-hmm let me try and imagine this okay you get you get two logs like you're building a log cabin right and then you um and then and then you put one log on top of the other log right right and then you got like a a a sheet or something and you wrapped around the bottom one and you wrapped it out the outside and you wrapped it over the top of the top one so where that sheet bridges between those two logs essentially then becomes a flat plane right Yep, yep. So when you put the two mono stems on top of the of the hook shank, yeah, and you wrap it up with thread, you essentially create on the side of the hook there um, a, a flat plane that can plane, accommodate yeah. accommodate right. your, your hooks, yeah, your your your, your feathers. Yeah. And um, there's two ways to, I've learned to you can approach putting those feathers on, and one is you can you can squash the stems or the vein of the um, of the feather and make it flat, which yep. is sometimes difficult to do depending on yeah. on um, on where your capes come from or what you're using. Medics of the cape, or you can squash the mono eye, the mono. Yeah, well, you shouldn't have to if you got that flat that flat edge from the um, from the from, the, from the thread, you know. So you need oh, a good right. you need a good edge of thread on there to do that. You need to create like a a, a flat edge because without it, you've only got the round edge of tying straight on the hook. Very hard to get that. You know, you need to tie your mono eyes from first, and then you have got that flat edge to be able to tie the to the hackle on. Yep. But if, if you don't strip the hackle and you got the um, um, God drawn lawn lost the name of that the barbs like if you're um if if you strip those off the off the vein like you 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 are more susceptible to that thing rolling around so leave them on just tie tie them on and then you know, tie it up with thread but that's um I guess you know it'd be it'd be hard to have confidence in a crab fly without those eyes for sure but. Uh, I believe yeah, they do that. offer a bit of advantage. I tell you what's a really cool hack that I've found found out too late in life. Yeah. With um, uh, raid zapped in. Um, you know, you didn't have to worry about those feathers twisting. You just hold them in place and zap it. Bam. Stuck Bam. Turn of the year. So yeah, yeah. Well, that that's a that's a pretty good tip right there. But you still put thread over them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you know, you just you're not stressing so much. You just put them put one or two two holding uh, lashes in and then bam you know z- zap them and well, uh, people yeah so you're right Pick yeah no they, they work good man yeah yeah that's a great tip man um um 
I, I think that's uh, probably even safer again, you know, like to, to do that, you know, than, um, than trying to get it. There's no point in trying to be a hero here, mate. You know, like feel free to um, to smear whatever you want on your flies or um, feel free to glue down your feathers, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm There's so no, non-traditional, we, man. None yeah. of us get out alive, mate. What's the point yeah. in making it hard, hey? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, satisfaction, schmatisfaction. <laughs> you know what, Volts? I, I, I wonder how many people would be interested in um, in eventually releasing the uh, the secret VGDC G, VGDC uh, instructional tying video. That's a hidden video on YouTube. Perhaps we could put it up on our uh, intermediate line YouTube page. And for those of those who don't know that we've got an intermediate line YouTube page, we've got a very good Mac tuner vlog up there for people that are interested. We need to do another vlog, Volts. We do, yeah. Yep. Yeah. We keep talking about it. I've I've invested heavily in um in GoPros yeah. and shit. And I've you know, I've been lying to the missus and you know, this is uh this is for family stuff, you know. She goes, Yeah, well, what do you need a two and a half meter pole for? <laughs> yeah, just to make us all look tall, you know. But yeah. <laughs> Been a problem with the Volta family for many generations, right? Mate, I'm the tallest of them. That's the scary <laughs> thing. Yeah, six foot one and a half, and I'm the tallest. Yeah, you're like the Frodo Baggins of the whole Shire, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Samwise. Um, <laughs> I tell you, you got shitty at me again this week. Uh oh, was yeah. it J Dog? Yeah, J Dog, J Radley. What the hell, man? Yeah. It's like, it's like killing off. tilapia isn't enough for this guy. I know. What did Super he Tuskies, he calls him. Ah, because I got his him? got his name wrong. What'd you call him, Joshua Radloff? No, Josh Radliff, you know. Tell him Radliff. Yeah, yeah, like the guy, you know, the Harry the Potter. Of, yeah, Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> don't look at look at the way you you pretend to describe Harry Potter like you don't know. Like the guy <laughs> off that movie, I don't know, was it Larry Smotter? No. <laughs> Larry As if bolts, man. Yeah. We know that you've been going to conventions like the annual Harry Potter convention, the, the Hogwarts <laughs> of, of Southeast Queensland is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. yeah. It's uh, and, and in fact, the other day when you rocked up, man, I could still see the uh, the lightning bolt on your forehead. You know, <laughs> you thought you got rid of it all, but I wasn't going to say anything. But I thought now is an appropriate time to bring that up. <laughs> oh, Enthusiast, man. I think is a loose term. Yeah. Enthusiast undersells my passion for Harry <laughs> <laughs> Potter memorabilia and and people called Radliff. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Radloff, <laughs> the Harry, the, the Wizard of Tilapia. Oh man, that's what we could be calling now. You've done it now, Joshua. Wow, wow. <laughs> God, man, this and many more pointless nicknames coming up next week. We've got a uh, talk about not 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 talking about the war. We got a good guest next week. Let's um let's leave it hidden until because in our normal style we haven't booked that person yet and um and we should. Um, they're aware it might be coming. They're aware, yeah, they're aware, yeah. but they just don't know that um that it's batter up yet. Yeah, they don't know this this Wednesday. You know, it's they just got to remember, you know, a month or two back they said, yeah, yeah, I'd love to do that. So. Hey, also, can I put a, sh a call out to our, our noble listeners for a couple of things? First of all, we need more fucking intros, guys, you know? We're, our, yeah. our bank of intros is getting incredibly low, okay? So please don't wait to be asked, you know, like, and, and don't think that we've got a high standard, you know? Um, if you've done one before, do another one. 
And, and you don't have to be funny either. Like, I mean, in fact, I, I would I would be more impressed if someone just gone and go, my name is Joshua Radloff, and um, <laughs> um, you're listening to Intermediate Line with Chris and Valtzi. Yeah, I, like I love tilapia. lamp. I like yeah. <laughs> I love tilapia. Yeah. <laughs> and don't don't fuck up my last name too. Okay, <laughs> that would be that would be a great intro. If uh, someone could just do something like that, that'd be yeah, great. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Please, I mean seriously, please, you know. And yeah. and, sec- and second of all, um, you know, if you if you look, man, I might polarize people, but if you like Valti, go over to go over to iTunes and, and give us a rate because some muppet gave us uh, a really bad one there for a while. Pretty sure we know who that is, and um, yeah, <laughs> we on iTunes, are we? Let me have a look at that. Of course we yeah. are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a really birdie maneuver. Yeah, that was <laughs> down the really put. Yeah, really must have been really down in the vert that guy to, to make that 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 yeah. thing. But we're looking to pick it up and like, come on, guys. I mean, geez, you know, like uh, we don't ask much of you guys. Just give us an intro every now and then uh, if you like the show, and you know, maybe just uh, pick us up from a uh, where are we at a uh, four and a half out of five star rating. We might even um, I don't know get four point seven. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you can get your mums to go into iTunes, your mums, your wives, your sisters, your kids, give us a good rating, make a comment, um, and and maybe just go uh, go to Podbean and hit download a few million times too. That'd be good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Improve absolutely. our numbers, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, look, mate, we've got an option here at the end of the show. You're going to take the red pill or the blue pill, mate? Uh, I'll take the blue pill. It sounds yeah, like that. Yeah, you are. A proposition, and I'm all, all about right. that. Yeah. <laughs> Those who are over forty definitely know what Volty's talking about. There, let's all let's all cheer him on tonight, eh? Yeah. All right. I'll, um... <laughs> What's your sign off, man? You can barely talk. You're so in high anticipation, I am. Uh, yeah. Look, it's it's one of those. Um, stay cool. Stay cool. Stay, stay cool, Australia. Yeah, and South Africa. I don't want to get any hate from South Africa next week. Uh, Mate, on your behalf, mate. Wait, look, man. In my experience, South Africans are so thick-skinned, you know, that um, that they can take it. That was a bit. That was more of a Kiwi accent. That one. No, I reckon. No, I, yeah. I reckon we do a, a whole show in a Kiwi accent in a couple of weeks. Yeah, let's. Yeah, let's get a Kiwi on and do that, and then let's get a Saffir on and let them school us. In, in imagine how confused our American audience would be to hear New Zealand, Australian, and South African accents all in the one space. Wouldn't that be beautiful? <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be fantastic. I, I think the Americans would love that, mate. They've got um. Well, they'd be used to it. it. The the different accents from different parts of the U.S. are just like chalk and cheese, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be uh. It'd be interesting for them anyway. Yeah, I think I think Canadians and Mexicans sound a lot like Americans too. <laughs> <laughs> Good troublemaker. <laughs> 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 we can't laugh at ourselves, you know. What what have we really got in life? Let's no. face it. <laughs> what did Donald Trump call Canadians once? Snow Mexicans or something? Let's <laughs> <laughs> face it. He's done, he's done some great stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Gone your dog. That wall. Shout yeah. out to Lucas Allen too, mate. Hope that wall's coming along really well, dude. <laughs> Rightio, mate. Let's uh, right. let's wrap it up. Wrap up your tatas. I'll see you later. See us stay connected, Australia. <laughs> what do you think of jet skis, man? <laughs> Hate them. <laughs>
Shoot out the lights before dawn. Oh, won't you shoot out the lights? Shoot out the lights before dawn. Oh, won't you shoot out the lights? Shoot out the lights before dawn. Oh, won't you shoot out the lights? Shoot out the lights before dawn. Oh